and welcome to episode 80 of Flicks in the Six. 80 of Flicks in the Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me forever and always. The man, the myth, the true believer, Alessandro Valsi. Say hello, Al. I'm pretty disappointed because I just assumed you were going to call me the flurkin. I thought about it. I had uh, the two things I had on there were the accuser and the flurkin. But um, given that given that tribute to Stan, since this entire movie uh. is a tribute to Stan. I completely forgot to text you about that. Uh, I tried to live up to your hatred of people being on their phone in the movie theater. Um, <laughs> how cool was the credits with just all the different Stan Lees instead of the uh, heroes? Uh, that <laughs> it's, was- uh, it's so good. Well, well, more on that later. On this week's episode, we have multiple trailers to discuss, along with other assorted news and nuggets, including a ranking of Keanu Reeves' action flicks. All before <laughs> diving into our flick of the week, Captain Marvel. But first, Al, what are we drinking? I'm sorry. I knew, I couldn't tell you beforehand that we were doing that because I thought you might just shut me down. But once it's out there, we have to do it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, is it what are we drinking or is it what are we cleaning up off of everything? It, it was a disaster. I don't understand how it's literally you all the time and it's happened to me like one time. Let me ask you this. If a beer is very cold, yeah, will it cause that to happen? Uh, I guess it can because it'll be more carbonated the colder it is because gases uh, dissolve into liquids at colder temperatures. The story that you don't have <laughs> is that I opened the beer to pour it. Thought that, oh, I'm going to get a head start on this. I'm going to pour it. I'm going to be all set up. Put my feet up. Get my notes ready. Ease into the show. Open the beer. Volcano. It was a science project. <laughs> And it I was mean, I did everywhere. take my bottle out before you did, because like, I it's an IPA. I wanted to let it warm up slightly. Sure. But the thing is, it's not just that like where maybe yours was colder than mine, because this has happened when we've no. recorded together. Yeah. I am I doing beer wrong? Yes, and that's what I'm confused because I'm not sure what. I'm gonna need you to watch me. Like a hawk. <laughs> I'm not sure what it is we're doing wrong, but there's been multiple times where you and I have recorded face to face, and you've spilled your beer everywhere yeah. as well, including on me. And I don't. Get Am I like slamming it on the table or something? Like, <laughs> I don't know because it's happened to me like one or two times, and it's happened to you easily fifteen times. But you know what's? It's. I think what's getting what's getting really getting to me, is that it's not right when I open it. I open it. The cap hits the table. Seconds pass, couple Mississippi's at least, and then it's a volcano. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I watched you go through your ordeal, mm-hmm. laughed. It seemed like um, a standard beer opening procedure, correct? Yeah. No, no. I watched you go through the ordeal of like, oh god, I'm covered in beer. Let me clean this up. Yeah. And like, heard you open the door and like, oh my god. And Kim's like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> Which I, oh hey Kim. Um, and. Like, uh, the, the, over the course of, like, 90 seconds after we opened this beer and you began your cleaning process, like, yeah. I turn and look at my beer, and the teeniest little nose of foam Stop. poking up above the, the the lip of the beer bottle, and that was it. Like, and it was, like, the very fluffy foam where it's, like, it wasn't in any, like, risk of, like, yeah, it's, like, it's got, like, nice, you yeah, know, it was, like, it was just barely peeking up above where it was, like, the foam foam, not, like, liquidy foam. Yeah. No, I got, I got you. I understand. I'm like, what's sitting that. on the top of my beer right now? Also, how do you how how do you that's like this? A, that's dramatically a glass. too tall and skinny glass. Yeah, that's like one of those ones where you make a dramatic statement right before you leave. 
and you finish your beer and you do it in such a way that you obviously obviously your arm is flexed as you're as you're taking that last sip but it goes on just a little too long just a little yes. bit because it's such a long glass it's like one well, sip but it takes glass... like five seconds to finish that's the thing that's is you. It's, it's basically the next closest thing to like the dos boot where it yeah. like catapults the beer towards you <laughs> right. if you take a dramatic sip like that you tilt and it shoots <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Um, Air bubbles. Anyway, getting to this beer, finally, it's a bubble. Yeah. What are we? <laughs> uh, we're drinking Otter Creek Brewing Company's Backseat Burner, spelled with an E instead of a U, IPA. It's from our stash to your glass, or to all over you. Uh, it's 7.0% alcohol by volume. There are 68 IBUs. Load up your buds and partake in this flavorful road trip of juicy hops. Um, there was one other thing on this bottle, if I can find it. It just says in the bottom right corner of the label, ale. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, here we go. Creatively crafting, hopping, and dosing brews since 1991. Cheers. I'd cheers you, but I'm afraid of the repercussions. <laughs> <laughs> cheers. Ooh, that was a clinky. Mm. Oh yeah, I said I thought you'd like it because the the juicy hops is what got. Is yeah, what... you're saying yeah. the words I like. I appreciate yes. it. <laughs> yeah, I figured. I didn't say anything about Citra, but I know you've been enjoying the New England style IPAs you and what better for a New England style. Oh, this is than... nice. This is really tasty. Ooh. Middlebury Vermont. Um, yeah, I um, I would drink the hell out of these, and they're yeah. strong. So I see you, Otter Creek. Oh. <laughs> I see you. Uh, I like the uh, mystery machine on the front. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like the cross between the mystery machine and the generic burnt orange Volkswagen yeah. Astro van. Like, mm-hmm. what about that, that dog? One? No, those different things. What about that dog with the uh, with that tie dye scarf? That, that hippie pup. Love him. That was great. And um, and there's also it looks like there's some like um, flannel. There's flannel yeah. going with on. a cigarette burn in it. Yeah. Um, Beautiful. Oh, wait, where? Uh, underneath IPA, there's a hole in the flannel. Oh, nice. I didn't even notice yeah. that. That That's what, you know, my finger was actually on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's up around the neck of the bottle. That's where it first caught me. And then I realized it was also in the background behind the. Oh, um, and I like how in the back, it looks like it's like parked next to some bushes, but the bushes are actually hops. just upside down hops. Yep. <laughs> this is great. This well, is done. a good bottle. We, we haven't had good can art in a while. It's this been, is a good It's one. been a bit. It's been and a it's bit. for a very nice beer. And it's. Um, as cloudy as a New England style should be. Um, did you notice how chunky it was? Too yeah. Though? Yeah. I, I, knew, I noticed a nudist. I noticed. It, <laughs> I'm out of it. I, I it, blew, are... it blew chunks in my glass. <laughs> Is that what happened? I opened it and it was so potent that I just became drunk before drinking it. No, I didn't say drunk. I said you're shook. <laughs> oh, yeah. That too. Hmm. Yeah, um, I'm actually, I, you know what it is? I, I know where the show's going. Right? I know where today's going to go. I know how this is going to play out. I'm very, I'm certain that this beer is finished before we get to the movie, and that makes me sad. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can see how. But no, but you know what? Don't look at it in just the bad way. There's, there's some good stuff going I'll on. I'll eat my cake. We had a good movie. <laughs> we have a good beer. We have some good news and notes and nuggets. We have some we have good some, news that we'll be sharing Keanu with the, with the fans nonsense. eventually. <laughs> 
What's that's that? True. That's true. I said we have some Keanu Reeves nonsense that I'm going to drop on you. <laughs> we have exciting news for the spin tune that we will not be divulging to you right now. No. But within a manner of weeks, we're pretty excited about it, and we hope you will be too. We got some stuff. We got some stuff. Shall we? Oh, well, actually, about this beer, we said we. I. This is. We have to go back to our our old ways. This gets yes. my thumbs up. Two thumbs up. I I would expect so. Uh, I really. I really like this. I would definitely drink this again, preferably in a bottle that does not have an X marking on the spot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, what's that about? Uh, so what happened was... Booby trapped! From the first batch of beers that I bought uh, when the beer place near me finally started doing, like, make your own six-packs. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming it was some sort of demarcation that this was to be part of those group, that group of, like, uh, loose bottles. Okay. I guess I can allow that. I thought it was more... Insidious. <laughs> of course, between how chunky the beer was and the X marking the spot, you know, I, I was worried that it was like past its like sell by date. <laughs> I, I think I've let this go on long enough. Chunky, you get one chunky. <laughs> you get one <laughs> chunky per description, and that's it. Uh, shall we dive in? First, what did you just say? <laughs> I said sorry, I didn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> Monster. All right. <laughs> Uh, first story. There's a lot of people. <laughs> uh, this is probably gonna be a lot of these conversations today. There's a lot of people that are really angry about this Aladdin trailer and the really? genie. They really, they're really not happy oh. about the genie. Well, I, I didn't hear it around the trailer because it was really loud around when the first still of him being blue came out. Mm-hmm. Although I didn't see anger, I just saw laughter. There was just mockery of it. Yeah, I don't get it. I sent no, you the. I, I don't right? get the mockery. I I, I sent I sent you the picture of him and Tobias when he blew himself. Yes, right? that was funny. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I saw laughter and mockery, not anger. Uh, there's yeah, but like, but more vicious mockery. I feel like not 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 fun things like the thing you sent me. Oh, I just saw like incessant mockery. Like, I mean, it was laughing at them, not with them. There was but, like. like it didn't seem like it, it. It was definitely laughing and like condescension, but it didn't seem hateful. There were tons of just like trying to be like really funny and like sarcastic and dry. Like Will Smith's genie is Will Smith, but blue. Oh he, yeah, I mean I didn't see I, any of this but, stuff, but sure, but yeah. Like I don't what I don't understand. What were you thinking it was going to be? Well, I mean, I guess I have to see more footage, but based on what I've seen, it looked like because they're going with the live action and therefore slightly more based in realism, that the blue thing was largely going to just be a callback and that it's just going to be Will Smith blending in as a... Because it looks like he's going to be a a part of the goings-on instead of just with Aladdin, you know what I mean? No, he's blue. Uh, The new trailer's out. He's in it. No, I saw the trailer, but blue I saw running the... around like crazy. Was he? Yeah. Or maybe I didn't see there's that a new, one. There's a new one. Marvel. There's a new one that is playing alongside Captain Marvel. Oh no, because I saw something online like within the past few days, hmm. and I saw him like during like the Prince Ali type of thing, and he was like in the festivities. Oh yeah, I saw I, normal. that. Normal. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. I assumed that meant that he was gonna not do much of the blue thing because it seems like he's going to be more of an actual 
character part of the goings on, and thus far, the, 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 because of that, he's going to need to blend in and not be blue. Doesn't he do something like that in the original animated film? You know, I've seen the movie a million times, though probably not in 20 years. Sure. Um, all, all I'm saying is I love but Aladdin. I don't recall him doing a lot of that, actually. I don't I think, I don't think like there's a lot of it. I don't think there will be a lot of it either. I think it's just going to be, I, I mean, probably a few things. But I, regardless, I, I'm actually, I'm really excited for this. I think it's going to be really good. I love Aladdin. I'm really happy to see a live action version of it. No, I mean, I, I'm at least interested. When I first heard they were doing it, I was like, that's kind of dumb. But, like, although that's kind of the thing I felt about all the live-action things. Sure. Um, but, no, like, I'll probably want to see it if for no other reason than nostalgia. I'm not going to see yeah. it for Will Smith because he hasn't made a good movie in no, 15 that's not that's not at all the reason I'm seeing it. I just, I love Aladdin. And I'm but not, like I'm not really insulted that he's going to be the genie. I, actually, I do like him. He's really the only name in the movie. Yeah, that's fine. Good. Um, but I... Just based on the very little I've heard and seen, I like the actor and actress they chose to be Aladdin yeah. and, and Jasmine. I, I'm i sure they've announced it. I don't even know who's playing Jafar. The one bit of him I saw in the trailer, it's his back and you hear his voice. <laughs> right. So I'm not even sure who it is. Is that someone famous? Do you know? I don't know. I can look it up. Um, it's not important. I was just I'm, curious. I'm pretty sure it. Iago is... Uh... Someone famous, though. Well, I did see something. What's his name? Gilbert Gottfried's mad that they didn't bring him back. But do you know who it is? No. I'm 90% certain. I'm just going to look it up before I tell you. Well, I was just going to look it up at this point, too. Because oh, perfect. I, I think... Yeah, I feel, I'm right. Like, it's Alan Tudor. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I was saying, like, that sounds... Like, I, I knew it was someone that I knew, because I remember, like, hearing that it was a thing, but I don't... Like, I didn't know who it was. I couldn't remember. Mm. Oh. Uh, Winston's wife... They get married, Winston? right? At the end of New Girl? Do they get married? Oh. Yeah. Allie? Yeah. Nassim Pedron? Yeah, her. Uh, she's in it. Ah, interesting. Jafar is Marwan Kanzari. Yeah, I'm looking him up. The Oh, you know who he was? Not that I would have like recognized him, but um, he was one of the people on the train in the murder on the Orient Express. Yep. Mm-hmm. The one, you know, the, the one who was with like the girl who was the actress or whatever. Cool, cool, cool. Yep. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. I, I love Aladdin, and I really want to see this. That's all. I just... Stop being stop being angry. We're going to talk more about people being angry when we get to Captain Marvel, but stop being angry. Just... Everything's fine. Oh, Naveed Nagaban is... Uh, what's it called? Uh, the one playing the Sultan. That's kind of cool. That's good, because usually he just gets to play, like, terrorists. Uh that's it on Aladdin. There's so this is you know we're gonna just this is trailer talk right now, and we're gonna end it with one that's that uh, an obvious one. So moving on to the next one, did you see that Dumbo trailer? Yeah, it it actually makes me mad. I don't think it looks good. <laughs> well, there's that too. Although I will say, Danny DeVito is perfectly cast. Danny DeVito and Michael Keaton looks really creepy and I like, <laughs> I want to well, see both of those. I want to see the two of them. I it's a toss up between his casting as the penguin and his casting in this role uh, of what like the role that he was like literally born to play. Like his best role is Frank Reynolds in sure. Always Sunny, but like a lot of people could play some version of that. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying any of them would play it better than him, but visually speaking he was like born to play this role and born to play the penguin. Yeah, the, his, oh man, him as the penguin is so iconic. 
Right? It's just like, absurd. Like, that's just what I think of when I think of, like, because there's been a couple of iconic takes on the Joker, like, you get more than one. When I think Penguin, I think Danny DeVito. It's so funny because vice versa, actually. When I rewatched that movie, like not that long ago, I did. I just, I it never dawned on me early on, I just how raunchy his character is, and it's disgusting it's and disturbing. Time. I do remember watching that movie when I was like, I was probably like five or six years old. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it might have been like, and I I saw it a couple of times, like in that time period. And I haven't seen it since. Right. Like, it's literally been over 20 years since I've seen that movie. We but should I make that happen. But I being a young kid watching that movie and and knowing this movie is too mature for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> like, I remember it's a dark one. I remember somehow having the presence of mind to be like, this wasn't intended for my, me as a <laughs> Ma, I'm a ground myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the thing is, like, I watch it with my parents. You know, it's like I stuck and watch it. <laughs> right. Like, I, <laughs> Like, I don't know. It, it's it's that was one that I remember being uncomfortable with as a young child. Like I don't think that I'm supposed to be watching this movie. <laughs> should we do like a should we do like a a voiceover show for it, like a mystery science theater style for Batman Returns? Should that be our first one? <laughs> well, it's either that or Batman and Robin. <laughs> oh God! You know what i I don't know if I I, I don't know that I'm ready. <laughs> realistically we should have done it for the star wars holiday special but <laughs> no no not bringing other people into that we did it close enough with the recording that was horrendous <laughs> it's, been, it's been nearly three months since we dropped that episode can we now like spoil that we did that, that that's what it was yeah untitled we, holiday we hit it we hit it long enough anyway that the dumbo trailer looks weird the movie doesn't look uh, i'm not I, I don't really remember dumbo it was not one of the ones that i was big on as a kid so the thing is, I don't remember it well, but I remember it always depressed me as a kid. Mm. I, and I watched it a couple times as a kid. And again, it's been a very long time since I've seen that movie, too. But that one was by choice. I just don't like the movie. Mm. Like It just it makes me sad, and I don't want that out of an animated movie. Sure. So I don't plan on ever watching that movie again. I honestly don't really plan on watching this movie because yeah, like, unless the commercial makes me sad. Unless there's some like big stirrings around like how great it is, I don't intend to go see it. It just makes me sad. Yeah, that's fair. Cool. Now, what's more important is that trailer that I woke up to this morning. Oh, that Endgame trailer, though? Uh, are you kidding me? Are you kidding? We could, we could discuss this for the rest of the night. <laughs> Did you watch it before or after I texted you? Oh, right after. Okay. Yeah. No, I woke I... up to your text, I feel like. Oh, nice. Sleeping in a little today. Nice. Was it? Um, yeah, no, like that honestly like gave me chills. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, I got it too. I was, I was right there with you. I, there was, I, I, I fully expect during the, the runtime of Endgame, maybe like three quarters. No, we're going to go two thirds transition from second to third act. A single tear <laughs> will, will roll down my right cheek. <laughs> I don't know what it's going to be about, but I feel like they're going to get at least one because I, it's really funny. I didn't... These movies are important to us at this point. We know they are. We love mm-hmm. them. Uh, they're a, there's, they've been a part of our lives for the last 10 years, which is a hell of a relationship. And it's like... I, I'm 11, going, it's it's very best. It's, it's rapidly approaching 11 years now. Yeah, it's, it's absurd. Now, 
what's crazy is the way that they did they they really they just pulled on the heartstrings of everybody that has been there from the beginning that loves where this all started that remembers where this all started and they just did it so well the black and white cuts with droplets of color like come on like i don't know what you're doing like i don't know why you're doing this to me <laughs> i appreciate it it's amazing but like you're getting absurd emotions out of me for a 2 minute and 30 second trailer about like, superheroes it's a superhero movie it's a, it's a it's a movie about movies about spandex and flying like it's absurd and the the opening sequence is it's like a pan over of when uh, Iron Man crashed his <laughs> his first suit that he made when he was in the cave, and it's that it's just a pan over in black and white. And what's what blew my mind is the second it started, I knew what it was, and I was like, "Whoa, wow, Let you guys are in my the brain." The first half of that trailer, we've discussed it a couple of times, uh, and I don't know that I've coined the phrase. I think I've seen it in the time since we've discussed it. I just don't know if I saw it and said it or if someone else had seen it. And like, this was a new brand of weaponized nostalgia. Yeah. And like, not <laughs> actually in a bad way, actually probably in the good way, if it can be good, because like, if you want to get nostalgia and extract the feels from someone, which is exactly what it did. Yeah. You do that thing. Like I've never seen, that exact thing though you've seen other trailers or things before where they're referencing something in the past like even some of the star wars stuff right but most of it's been more subtle this was no no we're doing this to you yep you know we're doing it to you we know that you know we're doing it to you You know what i mean like it's there was no subtlety on purpose right yeah 100 percent. this you know what this was and I, I i fully believe there were maybe Somebody was like slowly sneaking up on me to kill me. But the in <laughs> uh, in what is it? Fantastic Beasts, the second one, yeah. when they put you in the chair and then they put the chair over the water and then they put your fondest memories in the water. That's what it felt like. <laughs> like and I was I was at ease <laughs> and I was like, this is I feel at home. These are my people. And then and then like it closes with like the one what what one more time, one more time. And I was like, oh. What's what's gonna happen, <laughs> Tony? No, <laughs> Tony, no. <laughs> I'm like I'm terrified, excited. I can't wait for this movie. And and ah, oh, uh, <laughs> first trailer <laughs> when they're inside of the hangar and they're walking, they are not wearing the clothes that they're wearing in this version of the trailer. I don't think if 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 they are, it's it's the way it's skewed. You can't tell that they're wearing new outfits. And second is there's clearly a gap in the characters walking across screen. And now we know who those two characters are because they show them in this trailer and it's Tony and Nebula. And I, yeah, I didn't actually see Tony, but I saw Nebula. So I just assumed he was there too. And I didn't yeah. get a chance to rewatch the trailer yet. It's both. Of but them. I saw her and I was like, Oh, Oh, we got confirmation. She's going to make it to earth at some point. That's kind of cool. And I just assume like now, now my brain is just like running rampant with ideas and it's just like, okay, so those are suits that Tony made for them so that they can go into the quantum realm somehow, <laughs> like, because they're with Scott. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't care. It's going to be amazing. Like, yeah, you know, there's like that thing where you, you, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to write like a, an unbiased review, right? Because you, there are things that you like and there are things that you dislike. Um, I know that I'm going to praise this movie probably way more than it should be. I'm I'm going to be upfront about this. I'm going to love this thing. This thing 
out of the, like this thing has a 10 right now and it needs to knock points off as i watch it <laughs> well it's gonna be the way like when i walked out of having seen the dark knight rises i was like man that was so great yeah but part of that was because i was punch drunk from having watched the first two right before it mm-hmm. and us being in that movie theater for 12 hours but the other part of it was I went in with such high expectations and it met a lot of them at the time. And it did so many things that were so cool that I was so anticipatory of and so many things that I couldn't have anticipated um, in a good way Mm -hmm. that it took me several rewatches to realize, Oh, okay. There's yeah, sure. There's plenty of good in here, but it's flawed. There's also quite a lot of flaws. Sure. Um, Whereas it's not a bad movie, but it's also not a great movie. You know what I mean? Like it's Okay. It's got high highs and low lows. Seven and a sea of tens. It's it's yeah. So like this movie will, I think, like you're saying, has the starting point of when I walk out, it would be hard for me to say it's anything but great. Right. It's and anything it may, but the best Marvel movie we've ever seen. And it may require <laughs> multiple viewings to get a true sense of what it is and isn't. Um, and even to a certain extent, that may be true in my own mind of how I feel about Infinity War, because I still have only seen it the one time. Yeah, I, I've rewatched it multiple times since then. I remember... I love it. I do love it. I, but even I can tell there's some it stuff... Is there's, not, some yeah. there's some connective tissue that um, is not perfect in that movie that I'm sure, like, even not having rewatched it, after the elation subsided, I know that there are issues. It's just to me, I don't know what level they are. You know it, what I you mean? You know what it is? I think I could pinpoint it for you, is they don't handle the number of characters they need to handle with the grace with which they did it in the first Avengers. Which makes sense because there's roughly three times as many characters. <laughs> right. And that's, but that's what it is. It's a, there's a, a rapid pacing. Um, we do have to jump. We have to jump. We have to jump because we, we need to show you all these people because this, this whole thing that we're talking about affects everyone. What's amazing is that they did, they did tie them together really well. They made mm-hmm. it work. Um, they it, it it like crazy. It needed to be longer. Yeah, and it sounds like Endgame will be. Oh, I just I, I don't want to leave. I want to be in the theater for seven hours. I don't want to leave. <laughs> I I think it's been soft confirmation that it's going to be three hours long, or at least that there was a cut that was roughly three hours long. Yes. And they may have pared it down. I Give know. Give me that one. I don't need the cut cut down. Give me that one. Don't, don't even, they have, don't even don't put the Hulk in it. Just have Mark Ruffalo running around with the with the dots on him. <laughs> Give me that one. <laughs> well, the thing is, the movie's done. They announced yeah. it like a week ago, right? That like the movie's done. The final cut has been submitted. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think they've yet confirmed what the runtime is, or have rated it yet. That too. Or they 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 haven't put the PG thirteen stamp on it yet. I mean, I'm assuming that's what it'll be. I mean, get back. Be kind of cool if they gave this uh, one, just this one, the just hard one. <sighs> Don't do this. Also, also, brief side note. Um, it sounds like they're more or less committed to Deadpool continuing to be rated R. Yes. yes. Which isn't to say that they won't gently has to be. guide them away from certain things that they've done. I think that it'll just be better. I think they'll probably be like, hey, tone it down on some of the very graphic sexual stuff. But outside of I that, that, I think they'll still let them do everything they've been doing. They could just do it and not put the Disney logo on it. 
Can they though? Yeah, they could. They could. There's so many billions of dollars that Disney paid. Like. <laughs> no, it's it's. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. I don't even. I can't even think about that right now because Endgame. <laughs> sure. No, just that. That specific. No, I know what you mean. Me think uh, but yeah, no. Um, yeah, no. I'm like. I mean, we knew we're on board for this. Like, it's it's gonna happen. I got questions. Okay. Female voice doing the voiceover that I don't recognize. And granted, this was could just be because there's a hundred characters. There was narration. <laughs> yeah. Of the whole trailer, well, it was the same voice. It wasn't narration. It was it was clearly like a line of someone talking to somebody else in the movie, but used to voiceover scenes early on in the trailer do you remember what the line was because i've already that's already blank i don't it was a little um there was an accent to it i just couldn't figure well we'll have to we'll we'll have to figure that one out after after this but um oh my god yeah it's like it's like honestly um like i don't even forget about remembering the content i'm actually like struggling to remember that it happened you know what i mean can we talk about how badass jeremy renner looks kidding me uh, are you kidding uh, me with that with like the new the costume it's divided on that i don't i don't subject. care about the internet he looks like a badass now <laughs> well, there, i saw some of that and i also saw someone say it was like oh, what was the line uh it was uh, oh when when your barber disappeared halfway through the thing due to the snap or something oh my god your haircut due to the snap <laughs> that's amazing i i, I it's and more it's like shot of him in profile with the mohawk <laughs> he was teaching his daughter how to shoot that bow and arrow and i assume that when he turns back to look at the target and then turns back to look at her, she's not going to be there. Like that's what I assume is going to happen. And then, and then he's going to shave his head. But like, it should have been him being just nuts, right? Like out of control and just buzzer straight down the middle. Like that should have been like just crazy with the hair flopping left and right. Like just like, could you imagine instead of making him a badass, could you imagine they just made him nuts? <laughs> that would be a twist. The hemispheres reverse Mohawk. I want him to be Steve Buscemi at the end of Armageddon, <laughs> like, like wanting Doing to carry a nuke to Thanos. <laughs> Slim Pickens riding the bomb, like, <laughs> be amazing. Ah, so good. The the the. You know what's good? Good on you, Marvel, for keeping uh, keeping it constant. We got a we got a post credits part of the trailer <laughs> i love that i love when the trailer ends you get the title you get the date fades it's all black and then something else happens <laughs> wait there was a post credits in the trailer yeah after the after the the logo comes up in the date it goes to black and then it cuts back in and it's thor approaching captain marvel oh i you know i sorry i in my mind i thought that happened before the logo yeah. that it's well done I, I was, it was the first thing I, I like when her. I woke up as I saw that that was at my watch it, so I was not fully conscious-ish oh there. God. Oh, uh, see, here's the difference between you and me is I've watched it five times. <laughs> I know. I probably should do that for these things when I know we're going to talk about them later yeah. this day. Um, That's fine. No, uh, for me... We'll I watch it together after the show. It's going to be great. <laughs> I like to let it mellow and then come back to it later if I'm going to rewatch the trailer, but That's I probably fine. shouldn't when we're going to do this because, yeah, my recall is not as like as I wish it was for this trailer. Like, I remember that it happened and I remember, like, certain things sticking out to me. Like, you said, like, the black and white with the color and and doing all the, like, the nostalgia of, like, old like old scenes, like, great scenes from these people's individual movies and stuff like that. And, um like in addition to like what we were just saying about the Danny DeVito like being born to play those two roles um what's his name Paul Rudd as, as Scott Lang was an incredible casting mm-hmm. like he 
he is that character, like that. Yeah, well, I guess it, it does probably help a little bit that I don't actually know the character at all. Sure, I'm just saying, like, when I first heard Paul Rudd was going to be a Marvel superhero, I laughed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know anything about Scott Lang. I just know that he is perfect in that role. He is. He's fantastic. I don't have anything to compare it to. I just know that it just seems that him and all of his little mannerisms and quirks just work so well with that character. It feels like I would read an Ant Man comic and be like, that's not that's not how you're supposed to act. <laughs> him, him in a robe wandering around confused uh. <laughs> missing posters is like it's that is an iconic scene. <laughs> yeah. It's just part of a fucking trailer. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Other other incredible I mean, I don't have they gotten any casting wrong? The only I feel like let, let's go through this real quick. Um Iron Man no, that was perfect. I don't. Mark, Mark Ruffalo. I've never gotten the Mark Ruffalo. Thing. That's I could. I, I actually like him as that character, um, but I don't. I don't know. I think to me the, that character is just like kind of flawed in my mind, just because they had to change him. Not just that, but he's been the one that they've pretty clearly never. Well, even from the inception of it as part of the MCU. They've never really had a good handle on that character. Yeah. Like, Edward Norton did a good job in his role, but it was obvious that that he wasn't what they wanted. Plus, he's, I guess, kind of a pain in the ass to work with. Mm -hmm. So they they got rid of him, and then they cast him with Mark Ruffalo, who was playing a completely different character, really. That that is, yeah, I think that's... They should... They should call the Incredible Hulk not part of this universe, even though I know there's crossover with it. Was Fury's at the end of it, right? Um. Well, no. Um. Tony was. Oh, Tony was right. Tony they was just. They should call meeting it. Meeting with Thunderbolt Ross. Pull that. Pull that movie out, and it helps. But they brought Ross back too, in like Civil it does, War. But it doesn't. He doesn't matter that much. I don't feel like if you just pull that movie out of the out of the MCU, it's it does. It's better. I no, but like. even the thing is, like, even if you start with your starting point as Ruffalo in Avengers, mm-hmm. that character hasn't grown. True. He's changed That's throughout true. even the Ruffalo run. Mm-hmm. Like, they've never really had a good handle until he's consistent between Ragnarok and and, and Infinity oh War. Ragnarok. But, but from <laughs> Avengers to Avengers Ultron to Ragnarok, the character... Like out and out changes a couple mm-hmm. times, and then they finally seem to have gotten it. Right, that's a fair assessment. Yeah. So that's like really the one that sticks out to me as being just like a wrong casting. Like okay. Robert Downey, perfect cast. Perfect. Paul Rudd, I don't have any basis for the character, but he's a perfect, perfect. casting. You know? <laughs> I Chris Evans is very good. Yes. Um. Even though I don't love him, he's very good. He's very good in that role. Yeah. Um. Charlotte Johansson, I think, is is good in her role. Maybe yep. not in the level of, of him, but like again, I I would I would have a hard time seeing anyone else in that role. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, I do love how you know over the course of these ten years how they've become the characters. I think the ones that would have had the hardest time are ones like Spider Man, and I think the fact that they were able to pull that off after we've had so many Spider Mans and it be that good actually is a credit to them like awesome job with the casting also awesome job tom holland yeah um chris pratt perfect dave batista perfect perfect um zoe saldana zoe saldana's good i actually 
could take or leave Bradley Cooper as Rocket. Really? Yeah. Oh, man, I love it. I think I like the writing of the character more than I like the performance of it. I like the performance. I, 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 I do like the voice acting of it. Um, who else we got? Oh, uh, good, good pivot, Rhodey. Great pivot. Eh. You don't like Don Cheadle? I could kind of take or leave him. I liked. I actually, honestly, liked the Terrence Howard Ugh. version. Ugh. Not a. I mean, I, I don't really strongly like or dislike Terrence Howard in any way, shape, or form. I just, I liked his just, take on the character. I thought he's it was always fine. crying. That's all. He wasn't in that. <laughs> he, was, he was one. There's, you know what? It was, I just rewatched Iron Man, and there's this one scene. Where he's running downstairs looking for Tony, and he's going Tony, and I'm just like, ugh, <laughs> like, I can't, I just can't handle this right now. <laughs> you know what? I I won't criticize you for that because I have levied that same exact criticism on a couple of people in recent <laughs> times as well. Um, namely, it was Sarah, Sarah Paulson and um, and what's her name, whose name I always forget because we did this the last time we talked about her, the one who was in Bad Time and. Um, not not bad times of their royale, bad time. Um, at slash annihilation, the one who was the doctor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I always forget her name. Um, was Jennifer Jason Leigh? Is that who yes. it is? Yes. Yes. Um, Thank you. Her and Sarah Paulson always sound like they're going to cry. That mm-hmm. just and Darren Howard honestly does sometimes. I think he just is crying. No, he's not. But sometimes sure? maybe he doesn't have eyelashes or something. <laughs> I don't know no, what it is. No, the problem is he doesn't have a, a deep voice. He doesn't have a strong voice. So when he tries to project, it doesn't come out well. Because yeah. because that's like when he's just having his it's normal like a voice crack. <laughs> no, but he doesn't like when he's not like when he's just having a normal conversation. He sounds fine. But you're right. He does sound a little whiny when he's trying to yeah. yell Tony. Yeah. And it's not because he sounds like he's not because he's crying. It's because like it's just his voice. And and I mean. I don't know how an outside observer feels. I hate my own voice. Maybe people love my voice. Maybe people also hate my voice. I don't know. I just know that when I hear, like, when I'm talking, it doesn't sound, it sounds normal. Sure. But when I hear myself recorded, I hate it. Yeah. Like Joe Perry talking about his own guitar playing for Aerosmith, hate. Right. <laughs> um, there's a, well, who is it? I just have a picture of him. Oh, Doctor Strange. Fine. Fine. Fun. I'm down with that one. I, you know what I'll say? Visually, in the Danny DeVito Visually. as Penguin, yes, perfect casting. Yeah. He looks like That's... the Marvel trading card that I have for Doctor Strange. Yes, from that perspective, <laughs> perfect cast. From an actual performance perspective, fine. Loki, perfect. Now, without jumping too far ahead, Captain Marvel, very good. Nice. Um, I think. We've we've touched most like the mains, right? Uh oh, <laughs> I've got a I think a good a good retcon. Uh, Scarlet Witch, bad. <laughs> which, which version? <laughs> bad until they retconned her accent. Then good. <laughs> which retconning? Because they've changed it a couple times. <laughs> I don't know. The last one in event in in Infinity War when she's just not doing an accent. Much better. <laughs> they went from strong bad accent to fading bad accent to just no accent <laughs> um uh, vision but oh you know we're forgetting someone um thor again visually 
perfect. Up until Ragnarok, meh. Mm. But that's... I don't know that that was his fault, though. No, a lot of it is direction. Yeah. But... Oh my God, I, also, I, I mean, like, when, at the time he was cast, so much, he was a pretty raw actor. Like, you know, yeah. like, he wasn't very experienced. He has now acted in a whole lot of things... I think he's learned how to be an actor as well as met up with directors who better understand what his talents are. Mm-hmm. Um, Vision, good. Yeah, what about Black Panther? Very good. Yeah, I'm big fan. <laughs> uh, I We didn't really talk much about the villains, but I really, uh, you know, we, we've talked about Killmonger, amazing. And um, I'm not a huge, uh, James Spader, is that his name? I'm not a huge fan of his, but the the voice acting of Ultron is haunting. Oh, very strong. Yeah. Haunting. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, the thing is, I just haven't really seen him in anything else, um, I, other than commercials for the Blacklist. Hang on. I got the perfect casting that we haven't touched yet. Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> yeah, no, you know what? When, when we were going through that, that, that mini Guardians arc, Michael in my mind, I didn't get to it, but in my mind, I was like, because it was specifically when we were talking about Bradley Cooper as Rocket, um, <laughs> I, it jumped into my mind that um, that he's he is excellent as Yondu, yeah. incredible. Uh, absolutely, he's perfect. I can't think of his name right now, but Michael yeah. Rooker. Yes, Michael. I knew it was Michael something. I just yeah. could not think of. Uh, yeah, Michael, so Michael Rooker. Incredible casting. Oh my god, I love it. So the reason I it was easily able to go through a lot of these, I actually have the stack of twenty on my desk right now in order, and I'm working my way through them. Nice. Um, I have until April twenty sixth. Now, are you doing them? Theatrically or yes, chronologically? Theatrically. Because so I, I kind of want them chronologically. Chronologically would be cool, um, but for me, it's more about the I. I want to do. I just want to relive that history. I what I I want to do chronologically once I have Endgame on Blu-ray or you know yeah Ultra whatever. They I mean, we both Blu-ray. know that you're. We both know you're going to get the Steelbook for it. Yeah, a hundred percent. Actually, okay. Honestly, you should wait and see if they do a Steelbook double release of the two. Uh, too late on that. Um, <laughs> I don't know that I will get the Steelbook. Well, first of all, you own like three or four copies of some movies. What's it going to hurt like that's for true. you to get that this? Is, that's fair. <laughs> I, if they do an Avengers collection, a 4K Avengers collection, I'll buy that. Because I don't have, I don't have the first two in 4K. What do you think the first movie that you own five copies of will be? Will be or is? Well, you already own five. Eighty-nine Batman. I think I have five or six times. Not. Do you really? It, yeah, it's weird. I've got. Well, I've got a VHS. I've got a recorded VHS. <laughs> I wasn't accounting for the v- recorded VHS. I have. I have one of those. I've got a flimsy DVD, like where it's. What does that mean? It's like a. It's it's like man, like early the early DVDs. They had it was a it was a cardboard box with a little flap. Do you know what I'm talking about? That was fifty percent plastic and fifty percent cardboard. No, it was it was ninety percent cardboard and it had a rim of plastic around it. Let's be serious. I have one of those. So that's was that's three. That's the DVD. I've got another. I've got like a jewel case DVD because it came in a pack once. So I've got that. And then I have. Sorry, I'm still listening to you, but I know that I have one of those flimsy DVDs behind yeah. me, and I'm trying to see if I can find one. Quickly. It's the Matrix. It's look for the Matrix. Um, Sorry, I was confused by flimsy DVD. If you said 
like flimsy case DVD. <laughs> I would have known what you meant. And I was like, what do you mean a flimsy DVD? Do you have an HD DVD version too? And then, no, but I do have, I have a Blu-ray. Uh, Remember when that was a thing for like three years? It, yeah, it lasted a few days. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I have, and I have, I think just one, one version of it on Blu-ray. Uh, and Laserdisc. No, I'm no. kidding. I don't have it on Laserdisc. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, um, see, no, I just assumed you had VHS, DVD, Blu-ray of 89 Batman. Right. It was just because of, uh, it, it, like, I got, like, somebody gave me a collection once, and then somebody gave me a set, and then so, and then I, I, I had them already. You, <laughs> you had two or three DVDs of something because you, like, bought it. And then had it in a, like a collection, and then it like also like turned up somehow else or something like that. Yeah, um, I think I've got I've got Star Wars a lot of times too. I have them. I'm pretty sure I have the '97 VHS re-release, which is the one that had all like the added like CGI stuff. Yep. Um, well, not I'm pretty sure. I definitely had it. We may no longer still have it. We may have actually just gotten rid of it. I'm not sure. Um, and then I have them all on DVD. I yeah. don't think I have them on Blu-ray. I have them, like the new ones, everything from uh, episode seven on. I have all Blu-ray. Yep. Um, oh, that one's gonna be a killer for me. So I have, I've got those in Steelbook, and the Steelbooks are really nice, and it makes me want to get the other Steelbooks. Mm. But I'm, I'm not gonna do it. You know what I have on only VHS? The Phantom Menace. Yes. Oh my god, dude. Okay, so the Phantom Menace. I bought. I pre-ordered. The VHS tape. Oh my god, what the hell was the name of the store? Saturday matinee in the mall. <laughs> I pre-ordered the VHS tape. Took it home. Watched it while I did my homework. Watched it again. And then I put that movie on every single night as I went to sleep. Nice. Every single night. <laughs> and now when I watch The Phantom Menace, I go, I know it's not great. But I love it. <laughs> See, now that's the weaponized nostalgia. Yeah. You, it's a self-inflicted nostalgia? <laughs> I don't even know. Oh my god. Nostalgia anyway, that Endgame trailer. Yeah, we should probably get off this topic slash yeah. tangent because Ooh. it's been way too long. It's good. I um, If we were ever going to edit for content, some of that probably shouldn't be. <laughs> it, it should. It's not going to go. I'm going to keep all of it. No, no. 100%. Sorry, you, you misheard me. I said, if we were yeah, right, ever going... Right. You know what I'll do? I, I can add bookmarks. Going. I could do, like, bookmark, Avengers rant. <laughs> bookmark, DVD rant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Why don't you uh, you take it away? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold Keanu Reeves in the back pocket. <laughs> I'm going to hit you with a nugget. Hit um me. Triple Frontier. Ooh. We discussed it a few months ago. We did? Yes, when we heard it was announced, uh, I brought it up to you in much in the same manner that I am now. And you're like, oh, that sounds cool. And I said, yes, I feel exactly the same way. Oh, and let's we were like that, surprised because Ben Affleck's in it? Or? Let's put that away because it's not out yet. Um, it's out, well, I think it had a limited theatrical release. Oh, and Oscar Isaac. Okay, this is all coming back to me. Yes, um, I haven't watched it yet. I want to watch it. We should watch it and do it for an episode. Uh, 100%, yeah. I'm in. Like, after, so... I just wanted to bring it up again yes. to refresh your memory, jog your memory, uh, get the audience back on board with it because we talked about it like six months ago. Um, I haven't read any reviews for it. I have no idea if it's any good. 
I do like the cast, though, so minus Ben Affleck. Um, but at least, you know, it's a star-powered cast. Um, so I'm... <laughs> I am, actively. I'm not hiding from that in any way, shape, or form. I, uh, I own it, and I will always own it. It's probably the best part is that you don't... You don't you know, yeah, you're unapologetic, which is great. I don't think I have anything to apologize. It's coming from a place of honesty, and I appreciate that. It, as honest and authentic as I can be about it. Good. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that was my small nugget on this. Just that movie is, I think, either now or this weekend. It's like it's out. On Netflix. Um, cool. So, and it's a, like it's a Netflix movie. Uh, so I'm interested to see where that's gone. We've discussed that some in recent weeks. Um, Are we going to see if it came out of the AI machine? <laughs> <laughs> if it did, uh, it has been done a little bit more genuinely than Bird Box was. Okay. <laughs> like they actually cast like real actors and actresses and stuff. <laughs> Like, it seems like a genuine attempt to make a movie, is all I'm going to say, on the surface. I'll have to watch it and see. You said, did you just refer to Ben Affleck as a real actor? I mean, he's not good, but he's real. All right, all right, cool, cool. I feel like you're softening. No, he is a certified movie star, but (laughs) that doesn't make him a good actor. I'm just messing with you. It's okay. (laughs) All right. Um, Do you want to do your Sopranos thing? Uh, We could do that, or I have a new. Give me a new. Okay. Uh, I I must have seen this news when it was first first announced a few months ago, but I had zero recollection of it. So now that I have more concrete to go on, because I just saw this either yesterday or today, yesterday, um, courtesy of the rap, Destin Daniel Creton, Creton, I don't know how to pronounce that last name, uh, to direct Asian American superhero movie based on Shang Chi character for Marvel Studios. This is going to be part of the next wave of MCU movies. Uh, So we will do a very abbreviated version of reading from this article on The Wrap. (laughs) Marvel Studios has hired Destin Daniel Cretton. I'm going to just say Cretton and we're going to stick with it for the rest of the article. Okay, cool. To direct the Asian-American superhero Tentpole based on Marvel Comics' popular Shang-Chi character of the 1970s, an individual with knowledge of the project told The Wrap. Dave Callahan is writing the script that will ultimately modernize the Shang-Chi story and character arc. Marvel Studios' Kevin Feige is producing the film. Marvel's Luis de Esposito, Victoria Alfonso, or Alonso, sorry, and Jonathan Schwartz are our executive producers on the project. Marvel Studios is looking to tap into that authentic filmmaking superpower that brought Black Panther to cinematic life by bringing on Cretton and a predominantly Asian-American and Asian cast. Cretton is currently directing Just Mercy, a feature film he wrote which stars Brie Larson and Michael B. Jordan. Larson first worked with Cretton when she starred in his second feature film, Short Term 12, his other directorial credits include The Glass Castle. In addition to Larson and Jordan, Cretton has worked with several Marvel Cinematic Universe filmmakers, including Black Panther director Ryan Coogler, with whom, with whom he developed the television series Scenes for Minors. Marvel Comics' original Shang-Chi character is a half-Chinese, half-American superhero. He was created by writer Steve Englehart and artist Jim Starlin. In the comics, Shang-Chi is an extraordinary master of numerous unarmed and weaponry-based wushu styles, including the use of the gun, nunchaku, and gem. He first appeared in a special Marvel edition number 15 in December of 1973 by Steve Englehart and Jim Starlin. Cool. So uh, there's no timeline for that, obviously, because the script is being currently written, I think. Um, They just hired this director. They have not cast the lead uh, or anyone for it. Have you Um, heard of this character? I've never heard of this character before. 
Um, I'm down with that. But I, when I first saw it at first, I assumed, because it didn't say anything about movie, it just said for Marvel Studios, I assumed that meant it was going to be another one of these series they're doing for Disney+. Plus. Oh. Like the Loki one, like the Scarlet Witch and Vision one that's coming out sometime either at the end of this year or next year. Um, but no, it's just a feature film. So huh. I, even though they didn't say it in this, to me, to my knowledge, they're not doing any Marvel movies that aren't going to be outside the continuity of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I assume that means this is part of the post-Endgame. Yeah. Uh, next, was that Phase 3 or Phase 4 now? Whatever. Uh, I forget what phase they're on now. I think it's the end of 4. No, it's either the end yeah. of 2 or it's the end of 3. What, Endgame? Yes. Then it's the end of 3. Yeah. I phase don't 1 was over end. after the Avengers. Or before the Okay. End. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I'm like 90%. Maybe you're right. Maybe this is the end of four. I don't know. Whatever whatever phase it is, the next phase post-Endgame, this movie will be a part of. Though I imagine, um, considering it's so very early in pre-production, that uh, it's going it, to, at earliest, it can't come out until like 2021. Yeah, I would guess so. It's probably like a, maybe a March. Because the, the ones that they're quietly in production on are um, Doctor Strange 2... Black Panther 2, uh, Guardians Galaxy 3. Right. Um, and outside of that, there's nothing in any way, shape, or form that's been confirmed. I assume there'll be a Captain Marvel 2. Um, sure. And she's, and she's being like, supposed to be in like nine movies or something? Well, whatever. All of them have these like, huge contracts. Yeah. Um, you know, and Homecoming is after in, after Endgame. Far From Home. Fister. Oh, yeah, Far From Home. <laughs> you know, actually, I meant to say Homecoming 2 because I forgot what Far From Home was. <laughs> um, knowing that it wasn't, and I just forgot to yeah. say 2. Um, yeah, so I assume that this would put that would put this movie, uh, although who knows when Guardians 3 will actually get made, but the other two movies, sure. once Endgame comes out and we actually know what how it all shakes out with everyone, then they'll, I think, we'll probably rapidly hear news on yeah, I think so too. the production of Doctor Strange and Black Panther, as well as probably get a confirmation of how and when a Captain Marvel 2 will be coming out. Um, so this would be part of that phase. Sweet. As they've handed this off to new characters. Um, I, I like the idea of seeing some new characters coming to life. I've actually, I've really enjoyed, I like, which we'll talk about with Captain Marvel, I like going in and not knowing where it's going to go. Sure. Right? I I, I also I like having I like having both sides. I like when I know the character a little bit and like oh I kind of see where certain things are. I can get certain references. That's fun. But then I also like my the the first one I think of the group was um, I mean a, a Thor. I didn't really have too much knowledge of. I knew decent. I knew enough about Iron Man. Enough about Captain America. Uh, but it was uh, Gar- Guardians of the Galaxy that really did it for me. Where I was like yeah. I have n- I literally have no concept of what to expect here. And that I, it may be my favorite. Well, the funny thing is, when that movie came out, like they were like, "Oh, like all these people." Are, I was like, I, "Like I know that there was a raccoon. I knew there was a space raccoon in a tree." Uh, <laughs> oh, Groot, that's his name. Okay, yeah, no, that does sound familiar. Like that was the extent of my knowledge. Right, right. No, it's it's so it's so bizarre. Uh, yeah, but I'm like I said, down for new characters that I know nothing about. Um, let's move on. To this, we'll do this quick. This is a every Keanu Reeves action movie ranked worst to best. This is was on Looper from Casey Cipriani. 
And uh, for the most part, it seems fine to me, except the mistake at the end. So, uh, <laughs> the, the coming in last is Johnny Mnemonic, which I have, I don't even know what that is. I've heard of it. I know nothing about it. I see the picture of what, it, like, the the poster for the movie, and I, I agree. Probably the worst one. What What is the poster? It's, like, him falling. It looks like he's falling off a building. It says VR on the left side. There's, like, a target on him. He's holding a gun, and he's got Keanu Reeves' face. <laughs> um, you know the face. And then... Oh, oh do I? The next up is 47 Ronin. Did you see that? I did not. Uh, neither did I. I Can't... think... I think... There is a very modest cult following of that movie. Okay. But outside of that, I uh, it, it bombed. It's just like him with but these pork chops on his face, like these. This the best of my knowledge. Ridiculous beard and a, um, like a samurai, a katana of some kind. It might have done well internationally. I don't know about that, but domestically, it bombed both critically and commercially. All right. What about chain reaction? Because that's what's next. Nope. No. No idea. All right. Let's get to the stuff that we do know. Next. Low, low on the list, as expected. Matrix Revolutions. Okay. I still like the sequels. I, I, I do I, not get I, the slander. I, I, I like the sequels. I agree that they're not like tremendous action movies. I do like I like the second one a lot more than people do. Uh, I like aspects of both of them a well, lot. Okay, so let's let's start but focusing I now. I don't know which of them I prefer on overall. We'll see then if this list from here on out makes makes sense with you and lines up with you. So Matrix Revolutions would be at the bottom of the list of movies that we know, um, followed by Constantine. And I don't really remember Constantine. I actually like Constantine. It's I'm gonna go out and say like it's actually a pretty good movie. Yeah. I don't know how like actually performed. It's a solid movie. I don't remember disliking it, but I also I, I barely remember the movie at all. And, I, and this I would isn't like a nostalgia it. thing talking. I actually didn't see it until maybe five years ago. Oh, cool. All right, that's that's good to know. That that means it's probably worth a rewatch. So it came out, I think, two thousand five. Coming up next is The Matrix Reloaded, mm-hmm. followed by Man of Tai Chi. Not familiar with that one. I did not see it. I never heard of it. Followed by Point Break. I'm surprised that that's not number one. Followed by John Wick Chapter Two. We're getting towards the top of the list now. John Wick Chapter 2, followed by John Wick. I was going to say, those two probably should be next to each other. Whichever order you choose to put them in, you know, it's up to your own personal preference. But I assume those two probably should be next to each other in the list, which it sounds like they are. So Followed by Speed mm-hmm. at number two and The Matrix at number one. Here's where, here's where the problem is. The Matrix is a tremendous movie. I love The Matrix. I'm not about to pass The Matrix. If we're talking best action movies, those John Wick movies are at the top of this list, in my opinion. I mean, for as groundbreaking as John Wick was, The Matrix is even more so. I don't... I'm not... Not even the groundbreaking piece of it. Just the... As as far as action movies go, John Wick had the action movie formula perfect. And I'm just saying that there's been a million action movies mm-hmm. that took their cue from The Matrix. That's true. That's that's what I'm saying when I'm saying groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. It basically revolutionized the genre. Yeah. And to a certain extent, John Wick which is, is which is too. great, but you don't get a number one slot for that. I don't think anymore. Um, I I don't know. I mean, that's the type of thing you're talking legacy with these things. I guess it depends on how you're you're approaching. 
your rating of these. Movies. It's the same thing you do like when you like do like adjusted neck neck gross of like movies. You know what I mean? Like box yeah. office. Like you know, like yeah, anything that's come out in the last decade is gonna outweigh anything else. But if you look at it based on like a, compared to something like Jaws or the original sure. Star Wars, you know what I mean? Those things blow them away by adjusted gross. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it just I, I thought the list was interesting. Also, when I came across it, I was like, what's on this list? What's on this little treat right here that I came across? Um, but that was fun. Anyway, I just I I agree that the, the the movies that are in the top of the list should be there. I just disagree with the order. Yeah, I, I'm I'm actually mildly surprised. Not that I think it should be, but just the reverence you hear some people talk about Point Break. I just assumed that was going to be number one. Like number one, yeah, yeah. Even though objectively, The Matrix and Speed are his, I think his two best, like the two most action action movies. And John Wick obviously deserves, but the problem is John Wick and John Wick Two are not just like sequel; like they are the same movie for but, better. Yeah, let's just say look, we could just put it as one. John Wick, yes. <laughs> the the Wicks. Calling it Chapter Two was incredibly accurate because yeah. they are. It's, it is not a sequel; it is an extension of the movie. Yeah, the movie just continues. It's great. Yes, love it. <laughs> All right, that that was that was it on the uh, on the Keanu Reeves front. Do you okay. want to do your Sopranos thing? Uh, do you, what else do you have? Do you have anything That's it. else? That's it for me. Oh, yeah, and this is all I have as well. So I will try and keep this. Uh, I didn't do it as a formal review. If I was going to do that, I would have written something up. Sure. I just put down a lot of uh, my notes on it. Changed a little bit, but I just want to give my impression. And I'd like for you, when any like at any time, like stop me and question me on it, almost like an interview format sure. type of thing. Um, I want it to be something of a conversation instead of just. A straight, even if it's 70 30 me, you know what I mean? Um, so my first high level, like tweet length review this is an incredible show, it is absolutely worthy of its like pantheon type height, you know, hype. You know what I mean? Where it's like, this is one of the greatest shows of all time. I don't feel comfortable just slapping the greatest show of all time on it, yep, but it's absolutely worthy of being in that conversation. That makes me happy to hear. Um, that being said, it is mildly overrated. Ooh. Because okay. so many people who want to bludgeon you, like, no, 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 this is the greatest show of all time. It's not a perfect show. It is an amazing show. Okay. But it's not perfect. No, I, I mean, like, not, nothing can be perfect. From, from, honestly, from my vote, even though it's not my favorite show, I love the show. Even though it's not my favorite show, my vote would go to Breaking Bad as the the best show that I've ever seen. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Same thing. Not my favorite show, but the best show that I've seen. <laughs> I mean, I love the show. I've seen every episode yep. at least two times. Yeah. Um, uh, and quite a few of them I've seen three or more. Like, so good. It is an amazing, amazing... That show is closer to Flawless than The Sopranos is in okay. my mind. But... The Sopranos, I will say, probably at times reaches higher heights than Breaking Bad does. It's just that there are certain fundamental flaws that, like, they are just a part of the show. They just don't work for me. So I guess I'll start with those. Well, there's one thing specifically. The dream sequences are just excessive. Yeah. Like, Like, how often are we experiencing It's not that they're that often. I just don't like that a show would prop itself up on something like that so much because, honestly, 
and this is a, a larger criticism of the usage of that thing in, in general, you break my immersion when you rely so heavily on these things, especially since the all of the dreams that are in this movie are so loaded, like narratively, like and in like in like where it's going to set everything up for certain things or how like certain revelations are made on the show. No one dreams like these things mm. in real life. No one has dreams like this. Okay, it's just not realistic, and this is not a Sopranos exclusive thing. I have a problem with this in the vast majority of dreams in any TV and movie stuff. Uh, I could say, though, if you wanted to do a realistic dream, I don't know really how you're going to convey. You were you, but you weren't you. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, you... <laughs> like you get one ridiculous, like... Yeah, I get you. Like, symbology of dreams, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, uh... And this show had quite a few of them. And for me, honestly, it's a little weak because no one no one to my knowledge unless my brain works differently than the other eight billion people in the world no one dreams like that mm-hmm. um at least not with that sort of frequency <laughs> like there's right. just some but um like Wait, i'm i'm really curious though what kind of frequency are we talking here are we, is it and length is it like a our entire episodes dream sequences um there is if you tell me a season's a dream sequence, I'm going to be pissed. No, that's only on Archer. Um, <laughs> I'm not joking about that, actually. Oh, <laughs> um, there's, I think, on my recollection, there are two episodes that, not entirely dream, but okay. like, considering, even though they call it The Sopranos, Tony is the main character. It's 65% Tony. And the other 35% is all the other characters. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, whether it be family and other important people. Um, there are two episodes that Tony is dreaming for the majority of the episode, even if they like cut to other things happening outside of his head. Uh, like, like 75% of the episode is inside his head. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah. There's at least two that are the uh, episode, And they're not like back-to-back. But like, like the majority of the episode is his dream. Okay. That, to my knowledge, I think. And then another one that is something else that I don't want to spoil for anyone who hasn't seen, especially you, because I know you said you're planning on getting to it. There's yeah. another one that's not dream, but there's something in that realm. Uh, and then there's a bunch of other ones where there's just these really important things. And it's actually not just him. There's a couple other characters who have important dreams, too. Like, I mean, they, we're talking about scenes that are like one, two, three minutes long. I mean, not okay. a big deal. It's just... The reliance on dream and the importance of dream, like how prominent dreaming is in the movie or in the show, it just rubbed me the wrong way. Sure. If they just if they they could have done some of what they were doing, just less, and I would have been okay with it. Tighten, yeah. Just tighten it up. Okay, that's that's fair. The I... only other the only other thing structurally that I would I would say is a flaw in this is the drug use on the show, specifically mm-hmm. the heroin use. And that's really in one character specifically, and his the people in his orbit. Um, it's just excessive. Like, mm. like at a certain point, like I like you get it. Like we get it. The dude's <laughs> addicted to heroin. Right. Okay. Um, like they're beating him over the head with it. Yeah. Like, like from a narrative perspective, from <sighs> literally like a graphic depiction of it. Like, I don't need to repeatedly see like this dude get grossly high on heroin. You know what I mean? Right. Like, 
sh- actually physically shooting up. I just, it's like I just don't need to see it. Like I get why you do it uh, like once or twice. You know what I mean to to give you the gravity of the situation. Yeah. But there's a certain point where it's becoming like pornographic in its depiction, mm. and like it's such a disgusting substance that I just don't need that amount of actual on-screen time devoted <laughs> right. to it. Right. Because we're talking about this is an arc for one of the characters seasons long. Oof. You okay. know what I'm saying? That sounds brutal. So it's like it just get, and, and there's an ebb and flow to it. You know what I mean? It's not like it's every single episode. But sure. like when it's when when he falls off the wagon, you spend a couple of episodes at times like with him in the gutter with it. You know what I mean? Like it's just like I don't need that. And this is from someone like I watched The Wire and I felt some of the same way. They did a, just a better job of breaking it up. You know what I right. mean? There's a lot of talk in seeing the impact of it without actually watching people shoot up all the time or actually watching them high as balls all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just gratuitous is, is, is just all I'll say. All right. Like I, I get why it was in there and I don't mind where those stories went because like it was it was very well done. It just got gratuitous um, by the end of the show. Yeah. Um, and the only other really like major thing I'll say is um, from a negative thing. And this is really just like my own personal preference was um steve buscemi uh was uh an important character on one of the seasons of the show oh um and i got really excited because from where it looked like the, like the character was gonna go and the storyline ended up pulling flat for me which was disappointing to me and i think from something i was reading recently um i think it was because they were expecting to have him longer and then had to write him uh... out of the show that sucks. Okay. And so it just it just ended up being like a yeah, I could ruin oh I had such high character. hopes and it didn't quite live up. Sure. Like he did a good job. Like there was nothing like wrong with that. Like it just it didn't live up to my expectation. Gotcha. Um, and there's some a little bit of that because um, what I'll, I'll go to like with some cast stuff is, um, like the main cast for the majority of it is incredible. And and in general, Edie Falco's character is his, Tony's wife. Mm-hmm. Um, she does such a good job in that role. But not the entirety of the show, but large swaths of it, the character is just underwritten. Mm. Like, they just don't give her much to do sometimes. Okay. Yeah, that's, I, I hate that. And it's a shame because it feels like, oh, like, you're wasting her. Because, like, when, when, it was, when her character was written well, it was good. Like, and she, she, cause good. she could deliver. Yeah, and, like, yeah. there's just large times where, like, she, just, she kind of fell by the wayside. Or, like, what they were giving her is, like, a story, like, connective tissue, like, episode by episode. Just like, man, I don't care. Yeah, like give me something better to work with, or or cut to someone else. Like, cause like you just don't care what's going on right now. But then when it was good, it was great. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I hear. You. I feel like this is good. Hearing all this is good because uh, you said, "Dare I say, overhyped?" Right? And I think that's how you phrased it. I said it just mildly, mildly. mildly which I think overrated. is good because I want to see it. I do want to watch it. I've had this sneaking suspicion that it that it is, but more so than what you're saying. I'm glad no, to hear like, you say that that I could lower the rung just maybe one, so that maybe it could surpass it a little bit. That's all because I, I want to really enjoy it. Is, it is, it is one of the greatest shows of all time. Okay, that's I just and don't that's, think it deserves the title of being the unanimous greatest of all. Okay, time. that's that's great. That that's that means that like, my time will not be wasted watching, it, and I'm happy with that. Like I'm saying, it's like a 95%. It doesn't deserve tens across the board. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's and really yeah, 95 great. is amazing. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, um, it's just not a masterpiece. What is incredible about this show is for one of the greatest shows of all time, 
I feel confident, and I know I'm not the first person saying this, AJ Soprano is the worst character in TV history, and I do not want to hear any argument against that. Uh, so who is this his son? It's his son, Anthony Jr. Okay. It's not the actor. It's the character. It's the worst character. Oh, no. <laughs> really? It's that bad? It's so bad. How how old is the character? Um, at the start of the show, he's in middle school, I think. And at the end of it, he was a year or two out of high school. Now, terrible character or terribly written? Like, intentionally bad? <laughs> I don't think it was intentional the whole time. Okay, is it the... I think it got to the point where it was just like, well, this is what we got. Is it the character? Is it the acting? Is it both? It's it's not the actor. Oh, okay. Really. It's, I mean, like, like, he definitely wasn't the strongest of actor sure. in the cast. It's the character. Okay. I'll keep that in mind going in. He, it's, it's, it's just so bad. Like, to a certain point, a lot of it is playing... The show isn't about the mob. The show is about families and family dynamics. Yeah. Um, and... The mob is another family. In fact, right. they frequently talk about it. Like, like, like we have two families: the family you go home to, and the family that you're a part of here that you like swore blood oath to. Um, so that's what the show is really about. So the character is meant to show. I mean, the whole thing. The show literally starts with Tony in therapy. Okay. Like the first scene is him in in therapy for the first time, like the first ever session he's done. Um. What is and, the overlap between The Sopranos and Analyze This? I, I don't know. I, I didn't see Analyze This. I think I saw I saw Analyze That, um, but I was like 10. So, you know. <laughs> um, he's in therapy, but not because he was oh, the first. Same, same year. Sorry. I had, to, I had to look it up. Okay. Um, it, he's not referred to it by the law, though. He's doing it of his own volition. Okay. Because he's depressed. Um, and his issue is he had terrible parents. You know what I mean? Yeah. So AJ is largely used as a mirror to show uh, that makes how sense. he is as a parent. But the problem is there's a certain amount of the terribleness, terribleness of the character could just go in, like just be filed under that. Okay. And I'm fine with it. It's just that the whole character is just how terrible of a like a kid this guy like he is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and it's not even like he doesn't even get up to entertaining hijinks. He's like, just all shitty. All his storylines are just bad. Yeah. Ah, like Meadow, Meadow, the daughter. Like, there's some ups and downs to her characters, but you know what it is? When they were in a down cycle with her, she just didn't end up being on screen. Right. She would just kind of disappear temporarily, and then she'd come back. And like some of her storylines were really good. Okay. There are zero good storylines with AJ. Oh, that's that's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds rough. Um, but so sorry. A lot of this has been like the negative because yeah, the negative it comes up in such such sharp relief for how good the show is. So what I will say on the good standpoint, it is an uncompromising look at the brutality and the stress and ridiculousness of this lifestyle. It's incredible. Yeah. Like, to the point where it's like, this is so unbelievable, even though a lot of these things had to have been liberally taken from real life stuff. You know what I sure. mean? Even though it's not like it's not like a biography of anyone. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Directly. Um, but to a certain extent, this show at times, certain people have plot armor, right? 
in certain ways, this is almost a front a forerunner to Game of Thrones, as far as like that sort of content on TV. Okay. People die, man. Like people yeah. fucked up. Like people who are like there's a body count, and earlier in the show, it's largely people who don't matter. By the end, not everyone makes it out, man. Yeah. Um, and it's, man, you're making me really want to watch this. It's it's that good. When my watch has ended, maybe that's what I'll start. You're in the Night's Watch now? Well, when Game of Thrones is over. <laughs> um, and these, like, the other two things that go into, like, the good, like, part, and, and like, part of the, like, the good thing is, like, the majority of the cast is incredible as an actor. Like, I highlighted the people who, like, to me stuck out. Like, James Gandolfini is great. Yeah. Edie Falco is, and a lot of the other people in it are very, very, like, Michael Imperioli is very good. Like, a lot of them are really, really good. Um, but the writing is really incredible and it manifests itself in two ways one like the plotting like i don't mean plotting like by the characters I mean the plotting of the storyline mm-hmm. the narrative itself is incredibly like detailed okay and there are rare exceptions outside of the dream stuff where any of it ever feels like a cop-out like are... there are genuine twists you don't see coming are they are, known for other things, the writers? Like, do, would you can you pinpoint them for other work that they've done, so or not really? David Chase created the the show. Uh-huh. Um, actually, I mean, he's done other stuff, but not much really. Okay. Um, and I think that's by choice because I think if he wanted to work on anything else, he could, um, because this is one of the most prestigious shows of all time. Right. Uh, and other people, I don't remember the guys. I don't remember which one it is now. Um, one of the guys who was either one of the main writers or one of the main directors of the show um, went on to do Mad Men. Oh, okay. Um, and other people like have gone on to do that. Although, no, I, I do, I've started in the last couple of years to start looking at some of the directors of episodes, especially if they're like recurring directors of the show, to see if it's anyone I recognize in other stuff eventually. Sorry. Because one of, the, one of the writers wrote for Sister Sister for a year. <laughs> That's unexpected. Sister, sister. <laughs> um, Man, that show that is, is... I have not thought about that show in a long time. That is an unexpected... Uh, unexpected pull there. Um, yeah, no, it's just... The, the, the quality of the writing, with very rare exceptions, was excellent. You know what I mean? Nice. Um, just... And, and, and the way that there were certain storylines, it's like, huh, that wasn't really that important or that character wasn't really important. And then they show up way later down the line. It's like, oh, shit. Like, it, like, it was incredibly well crafted and plotted out. I love and the, that. Other thing is, the other thing that it, the way it manifests itself is there's some really good comedy in this show. You know what I mean? Nice. Like, which is unexpected because of how dark it is and how serious most of it is. There's some really funny things. Like, I mean, there's, there's some funny lines, but there are some really funny things that just situationally pop up because of the writing that's just like oh my god i did not expect to be laughing my ass off right now you know what i mean yeah for for the twists and turns though uh were there like a decent number of those ones where it's just like you don't see it coming but you figure it out just like just a second before it happens and you just your mind explodes (laughs) there's some of there's some of those i love there's some of those times where it's oh my god i didn't see that coming yeah or some of those where it's okay i think i know where this is going and it ends up going there, just maybe not how you think. Okay. Um, because it's really good at building cre- creeping dread. I Because there's certain times this. where like you figure it out, 
and it almost becomes like the Family Guy thing where it's like they keep going with it, keep going with it to a certain point where you don't think that's right. where they're going to go. And then, oh, yes, that's where they arrived. They just took way longer to get there. <laughs> that liver is going to have to come out. What? That liver is going to have to come out. I'm not <laughs> quite sure how to say this. Bassinger? Bassinger? Jim Bass- Bassinger? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm actually thinking more of like, I can't even think of a specific example. But, they, you know, there's certain things in Family Guy where like, Oh my god, they're gonna do this. Yeah. They take a really long time setting it up. And then they so can. long that you don't think that's what they're gonna do at this point. And that's when they do the thing. Like, right. Oh god, they did do it. I was yeah. right. You know, they, <laughs> yeah. They didn't expect it to get there that way. There's a lot of that with this show. Okay. But not in a comedic sense. Cool. I I'm just excited to hear that it's that it's one of the greatest of all time. And no, it, it is worthy of the hype. It is worthy of the majority of the hype. It is. That, that makes me genuine. excited when I when I need a good show, and I'm ready to start one. I I know I have. I'm fully confident that I'll enjoy this one now. So that know, is my... so many people have said how good it is, but since we we rarely disagree on movies and TV, I think uh, I it would be really it would be, you know what would be really screwed up is if you play were playing this like long game. Of <laughs> like just gaining my trust, and you actually hated this. Like it was the Phantom Thread joke. Oh on my god! Severance. Yeah, yeah, but like, yeah, just ugh, that would be. I'm psyching myself out now. That the only the only <laughs> problem is like you could do that for a movie. Like I could have, I didn't do this, but like you would almost accuse me of doing this with like Good Time. Like yeah. you can do it for a movie because like when the credits roll, you'd be like, the fuck, right. But there's like there's like seven seasons of this TV show. You know what I mean? Like if it if it wasn't living up, you would like cut it by the end of the first season. You know what you, I mean? You like, might be able to pull it off with a pilot season. Yes. <laughs> um, it wouldn't be able to work for this because there's a certain point where it's like, oh yeah, this is really excellent. Or this move, this show sucks. I'm not watching five more seasons. Right. Of this, you know what I mean? like, <laughs> awesome. Um, well, but cool. I'm glad. I, I just wanted to. I, I know we were supposed to do it a few weeks ago, yeah. but we had some scheduling oh, issues and some I, I, technical I, issues on different episodes. So I'm, I'm glad um, we got to. I'm also to... glad you enjoyed it. I that you that you seem to really have had a good time with it. Oh yeah, it was an excellent show. Well, a good time is an interesting way to say because it, it is dark as shit and yeah. it will leave you depressed at times. Um, sure. Because it's a show about nearly unanimously shitty people. Mm. Like, like not everyone's. A, not everyone's a murderer or a criminal in the show, but most of them are genuinely bad people. Actually, by the end of the show, of the like the main main cast, maybe the daughter Meadow is the only one who like you don't actively root against. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. I, I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Shall we get into our flick of the week? Yes, absolutely. Captain Marvel. Correct. Captain Marvel is the 21st entry into the MCU, which means that I only have 19 more movies to go <laughs> to, to, to rewatch everything before Endgame. Uh, Wait, so I'll, you've only watched... Uh, since I literally have watched movies? Iron Man. That's You've watched I, Iron Man and Captain Marvel? <laughs> yes. Uh, I've, I've bookended what we currently have, and now I have to work my way down the stack. Uh, so I'll do that. I'll do the are little... You gonna watch, like, are you going to watch like Hulk next and yeah. then... Ant-Man and the Wasp? And like... Yeah. He <laughs> yeah. Oh, flip flop it? Yeah. Good <laughs> on you for getting the exact right right ones. Um, so we'll do the little IMDb thing. Captain Marvel. 
Carol Danvers becomes one of the universe's most powerful heroes when Earth is caught in the middle of a galactic war between two alien races. Now, that's... Pretty accurate. Yeah. Earth's not, like, wildly caught in the middle. The stakes for Earth are not very high in this movie. Well, I mean... No, by the by the definition... Yeah, we're in the, mid- we're in the middle of it. No, in the middle of a tug of war. That's fair. They're not fighting over Earth, but they're fighting around Earth, and it's caught in the crossfire. Let's let's do this. I want to do a new thing. Okay. General impressions. I want to know... I want you to give me... I, I want you to give me a 1 through 10 rating of the movie. And... Just a quick how you feel about it. Okay, I was going to say, what I was going to give you was basically my tweet-length review. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. And a number score. Perfect. Um, Tweet-length review. It doesn't measure up to the most excellent movies of the past couple years, namely Ragnarok and Black Panther. But it's very good outside the top five MCU movies, but probably in the 6 to 12 range. Perfect. Because what I was going to say is, oh, well, and what's your number? 7.8. Okay. you uh, Points. Get, the, get out of here with the points. I do whole numbers, <laughs> and I'm rounded down. Um, so <laughs> No, no, because no, no, I would say it's fair to go. Like seven, seven point five, eight. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of gap between seven. Okay, that's that's fair. Um, I will. Okay, so I, I, I closer to an eight than a seven. That's why. Like, so it was like seven point five would be my like. So that's why I said seven point eight. Like, it's so, close to an eight. It's very good. It's it is very it's very entertaining. It's very fun to watch. Uh, the characters I I enjoyed the characters especially because I didn't know them. Like I said, or mentioned that earlier. Love that. This is this movie sits. This is in the middle of the stack somewhere, but toward, but, but above, but above five. You know, yeah, exactly. It would, it would, it would round up into the greats. It's, it's in, it's in the, it's, it perfectly set right in the middle of the MCU as far as quality goes, and but more on the higher end of the middle. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Well, that's what I'm saying. If you line them up from one to twenty-one, yeah, it's on the top half, the better yeah, half. Yeah. Yep. But 100%. not in the top five. Hundred percent, and it's a, uh, it's I, I would give it a seven. I, I think seven is a, is a good solid score for this. But I also don't. I, I try to, I, I try to leave points out of it because it makes it even harder in my opinion. So well, I would have to sit and do like a formal ranking. I'd have to sure. sit and do a formal grading, not based on any specific criteria, just on how I feel about the movies. You know well, what I mean? I, I feel like I would end up with point ones because what I would be saying is this and this, these two movies are a seven, but this one's better. So point one. <laughs> that's why I gave it like a 7.8. Okay, not that I, I gave it analytical thought into it, but just like, it's not an eight, but it's close to an eight. It's more than a seven. Um, It's really good. Um, <laughs> it, it, it is. It's, and it's, what I said before I went in to go see it was at this point in the game, it seems impossible that they could just have an absolute flop. Right. I don't mean commercially. I mean from the quality of the making of the movie, of the product that's put out there, even if it didn't resonate with dollars made, Mm -hmm. just in a vacuum how the movie comes out. I don't think they can get one horrendously wrong because they they would nip it in the bud. You know what I mean? Um. They're not going to do, and actually, it's probably a you know a point to Marvel over Star Wars. They're 
they're not gonna make a Frankenstein like, like, like the solo movie was. Yeah. It's like they would nip it in the bud, and no, no, we're shooting the whole movie from scratch with the new person. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, um, I, I agree. That's they, not always been the case, but in the last five years, that is where they have become. It's just, it's, or it really is, in the last three years. it's a big credit to the movie, though, because what we're saying, 7, 7.5, you're putting that, they, it is measured against a very high bar. Yes. And that's incredible. And that's why you're right. There's not going to be a flop. The, we already had them. Yes. Yes, those, this movie is propped up on the, the skeletons of those lesser right. movies that it they really should never get there again. Now, like there should be a baseline of quality where like seven flat really probably should be the lowest any of these movies ever go. Mm-hmm. Um, which is weird, right? Cause it almost, it's almost like a criticism of this movie. If you're not even giving it quite an eight, but really what it comes down to is we set a goal. Yeah. Seven is the goal. We hit the goal. Yep. We maybe didn't exceed the goal. We hit it. We hit it. We didn't sure. fall short. Of it. One one thing that really this is I absolutely this is you know what could almost get it another point for me was the marketing and trailers for this movie and here's why. Uh, you know the listeners know I've had, I have a problem with trailers and how much they tell you and how much. Well, I think I know where you're gonna go with this. It's great. It's well. You, yeah, I guess if you. What I was gonna say is. I remember when they put the first full trailer, you seemed irritated they were giving too much away. Yep. The trailers didn't give anything away. Nope. Having the trailers, seen the movie, the trailers gave nothing away. Better yet, so here's one of, one of the problems with trailers, especially trailers that appear to give things away, is that you, whether or not you realize it, you do remember all the scenes from the trailer. They're in your head, and you will wait for some of them. You will be looking for them in the movie to see, and you'll start to piece them together as they play out. My, my funniest experience with that in my life, and it's really that's really trended more towards the last few years, where because we've talked about trailers so much, and it's um, I think it'll always stick in my mind. Episode eight, what I realized, well, I thought the movie was almost over. <laughs> when they left the we, ship. Haven't, we haven't gotten and that planet yet. As they were heading down to the planet, I was like, wait a minute, there was so much fucking material about that red and white planet. Yep. There's still so much movie left, isn't yeah, there? It's amazing. <laughs> so, but it, so this was different, where it's like, oh. I, I felt that they were giving you a lot in the trailer uh, because it's all over the place and in a really good way. And what I think is incredible about it was they really – they got me. They got me good, and I'm happy to admit it. All of that happens in the first 15 minutes of the movie. Everything in the trailer is in the first 15 minutes of the movie. <laughs> With the like 90% of, of it. She's flying around shooting stuff. Sure. Which and like, 15 minutes of the movie. <laughs> and like a couple of like cross clips of like Ronin or like things like that. Like, yeah, they, they appear later. But like the bulk of the trailer – is in the beginning of the movie, and it made me go, oh, okay, cool, I've seen everything so far, I literally don't know what's next, and mm-hmm. then this entire story unfolds that I don't know, I have no context around, and I loved that. Yeah. that made, I really enjoyed it. Oh, uh, Disney, and this is, you know, we can extend this to Marvel and Star Wars, Disney's gotten really good at trailers. And, well, let's talk about that one a little bit longer. The There is one issue, though, and that is... I actually thought, I thought Brie Larson did a very good job. I thought she played the character really well. If the only thing you had to judge it on was the trailer, the acting, the clips that were picked for the trailer of her acting were atrocious. Yes. And I, I was worried. 
well, you know she why? wasn't going to pull this it off. Because this is my note. Because this is pre-spoilers. We can, uh, we can yeah. do this. This is what I wrote down from my notes for on her acting. Larson was really good in the second half when they allowed her to be. Mm. Because the first half of the movie, they don't really allow her to do much. Well, she's on training wheels, yeah. That, uh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Script-wise, mm-hmm. the character is on training wheels, which forces Brie Larson to be on training wheels. So that's she acted the part point. perfectly. But what she was asked to do was to not do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, so, so she was neither good nor bad. She was neutral, completely neutral, based purely on context. And that was all the stuff that was in the trailer, as you mm-hmm. just said. Well, to get, to get a glimpse... The the exact scene that I need, I just need to bring up. You have to go let's go watch it if you don't know what, what I'm talking about here. There's a scene in the trailer. You can watch it in the trailer if you haven't seen the movie yet. Where she's in the car with Nick Fury. And he, he's reciting back to her what she has just explained to him about um, the Kree and the Skrulls. And he says, a, a race of warriors. Or noble warriors. And she says, heroes. Noble warrior heroes. And the delivery of that line makes me cringe. It's horrible. It's really bad. And I was like, oh, no. No, but it's just that, and maybe two other deliveries, and it's it's like you said though. That's it does all seem like she's being the switch, right? And the re- and here's another reason why you can tell that the if that was if that if those scenes made me cr- were gonna make me cringe, another perfect one that would have is the actual the the scene from the trailer that we talked about earlier, the Endgame trailer at the very end when she smirks at Thor, it would have been just as cringy, but it wasn't. Because the training wheels are off. <laughs> and you are absolutely correct. <laughs> they allowed her to be a real character once they allowed her to start going through the process of... Under- well, I, we're still pre-spoiled, so I don't want to go into yeah. it. Once they allowed her to... Narratively, there's a certain point where they flip the switch and allow her to be a real person again. And she crushes it from then on. And you realize that the whole first half that seems rough is by design. Yeah. Because yeah. she's supposed to... And this actually... This isn't even spoiler because it's in the trailer. In the first half of the movie, she doesn't know who she is. Right. Not really. Um, and that's reflected in the way the character's written, and it's reflected in the way she played it. She's playing it fairly blank because there's nothing, no organic thing to draw from because she doesn't know who she is. Right. And when she starts to figure out who that is, she lets out real humanity and becomes a real character and her portrayal of a real character was very good. Yeah, once she earn, like understands and earns her confidence as a character, that yeah, she starts like she completely owns the character from that. Point and it's only after watching the whole movie that I realized that that's what was going on. Uh huh. That's really that's. It's a good observation. I I appreciate that. The, it, man, I I, I did you I, I saw it twice. We're in opening weekend. I've seen it twice, uh, just by happenstance, and. I'm not sorry, and I would see it again. I really, I really had no, a good time. No, it was really good. A <laughs> uh, couple, of, couple of quick things. Um, you can probably get these from the trailer. Nothing spoiler yet. Um, we get a a strong female lead kicking ass to strong female-led '90s songs, and that yeah. just that mixture is that's my wheelhouse. Like that was <laughs> that was amazing. Even it was probably too on the nose. Doing the I'm just a girl by yeah. by no doubt. It was I don't I didn't really it didn't bother me that it was on the nose. It was I just it just seemed like so much fun. No, even though I'm saying even though you kind of roll your eyes when it kicks off, uh-huh. it was actually perfect. Sometimes something being on the nose yeah. is because you can roll your is, eyes all it's you like want. When, <laughs> it's like when stereotypes like it's like you have to remember like okay like most stereotypes aren't good, 
but they're rooted in at least a kernel of truth. And the same sure. thing um, is, in the, is the case here with, you know, it being too on the nose. It's on the nose for a reason, because it is the perfect thing for that. There's a, Even if it's a little bit of an eye roll required. <laughs> there's a couple of... It, but if you're rolling your eyes, you're also tapping your foot to it, which is amazing. <laughs> uh, there's a couple of good... If you go online, a few... If you go online, what am I? Who am I? <laughs> if, you go, if, if you get on the line, uh, there is a, a few recuts, like where they took the trail, like some of those fight sequences and they put different music to it. Si like similar style, but like, what if they did this song instead? <laughs> like, and, it, and it's it's a lot basically, of fun. Some Alanis Morissette... <laughs> It's basically a clue ending. That's how it could have happened. But yeah, right, 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 right. But uh, that was that. I really enjoyed. And anytime there was one of those things, I was just like, "Yeah, I agree with you." It was on the nose, but I, I, I was eating it up. Yeah, I loved it. So many good. Actually, another concern of mine was I knew there were going to be '90s references. Right, we got the we got the blockbuster reference right in the first trailer. You know, I saw some people complaining about that. The thing is, they did it show versus show. Don't tell. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I really liked it. They didn't like, oh, we're in Blockbuster. Like they just put her in Blockbuster. Yeah. And they did like one visual gag inside Blockbuster, Which... Blockbuster and that was it. Well, yeah, for blowing away true lies or picking up the right stuff off of <laughs> Well, off of one of the no, the, sorry, that, that visual gag wasn't a 90s thing. That was uh, a self-referential yeah. meta thing. No, like just being looking around Blockbuster and like blowing away the James Bond it was Golden true. Eye. Um, it was true lies. Like cardboard cutout. Oh, no, was it? Yes. <laughs> I, I actually thought it was, you know what? The, the lighting in the theater wasn't that great. I thought it was James Bond. And, uh, I thought it was Pierce Brosnan and James oh, no, Bond. No, it was... Because it was in 95. It was that year. Mm. I oh, thought was... that was actually him. The, there was a lighting issue in the beginning <laughs> of the movie, and they finally turned them all the way down. Um, so, And I was sitting farther back because there was actually a lot of people on a Sunday night at this movie. Okay. Um, and I didn't have my contacts in. I actually thought that's what that was. Yeah. Who is this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that, it's, yeah, but what I was going to say is there's uh, lots of 90s references. But like you said, they're not I, – I thought they were going to do it up front and then they were going to die out. But if you watch, they're peppered throughout the whole movie in a, in a great way because they're not overdone. I, I don't think they're overdone. That's what I'm saying. It's show don't tell. It's and not, it's amazing. Eh, I love it. Eh, yeah, yeah. Eh. You know what I mean? Like, and, like even there's like just there's just a scene where like we're going through. It's not spoilery. We're going through like uh, different configurations for what her suit can look like, and there's like just this crazy neon one. <laughs> just like, can we just have that one? <laughs> oh, I want that. Well, for the thing is, rest. that wasn't '90s though. That was actually Tron '80s. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. But uh, oh man, I uh, I loved all that. We'll we'll get into some of the more specific references in the post spoiler territory. Uh, I. I don't have much else pre-spoiler. Um, the only just, other thing pre-spoiler I'll say is, thank God the de-aging was really mostly very good. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, I was concerned about that. The only character, <laughs> weirdly enough, that I feel like I I noticed it on and like had issue with was Coulson. I thought it was because of that, but then I realized... The, it was other things? It was... It was because they were focusing on him. Well, post spoilers. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's. I got you. You know what I'm talking yep. about. Yeah. I, I. I. was. I think that might be the the reason. Because yeah. Anyway. Um. That's it. This movie's fantastic. Go see it if you haven't already, and then come back and listen to our post spoiler talk, which is happening right now. Now. Uh. Yeah. Coulson. Yeah. When he was. When uh, Ben Mendelsohn's character was what's his name? Phelos. When they, when he was being him. Yeah, and he. Yeah, uh, yeah. At first when they did it, I was like, mm, "That's a little weird. Why is he like?" I thought he was like 
like just keeping his head stuck still and staring. And right. Like, like there's a certain amount of like they because you can re- notice some stiffness of Samuel Jackson the way he's keeping his posture yep. because that's how they have to do. They, they they probably told him, hey, don't move your head around a lot. Yeah, don't be swinging. Yeah. Because it's gonna make it a lot harder to put the effects on you. So you can notice that. But it's the noticing of him being stiff, not the noticing of the seams itself of the de-aging. So I thought that's what it was, is that he was being super stock still and wooden until I realized afterwards, oh, it's because he's a scroll and he's got intensity because... And that's when I realized retroactively, there's nothing wrong with the de-aging. It's he's acting weird because it's not actually him. Mm -hmm. Because then the other scenes with Coulson looked fine when it was just actually... Except maybe the final one. The hair was a little funky at the end, but that was just... Hair is difficult, so I'm not going to... Yeah, I didn't notice that, that. but I also wasn't looking for it. Uh, One of the things that I... I mean, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but I really wanted to get right into this. Ben Mendelsohn... He always bothers me because he's always supposed to. And he didn't admit I loved him. Let me just stop you there. Uh, I want to bring back this thing that we've done recently. Get this man a damn Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> for honestly, not for, for this, this movie, no, for this it movie, just reminds me <laughs> how good of a fucking actor he is. Like for like so many other things. Like the the only reason he doesn't have an Oscar is because they've not given him a part like with enough screen time. Because if you see him with a fair amount of screen, I, I guess maybe something like Mississippi Grind, which I haven't seen and I've heard is really good, but at least he's the lead of that movie, so he would have had like an opportunity. Uh, yeah. And coincidentally, that was directed by the same two people who directed this movie. Um, and, but he won. He's won an Emmy for the first season of Bloodline. Mm-hmm. I didn't stick around and watch the second and third season of that show. The first season of that show is fucking amazing, and he is incredible in it. That was the first time I realized, oh shit, he is a really good actor. Unfortunately, one of the scenes that sticks out to my in my head when I think of him is the clean slate, the master tool for him. <laughs> like like that that scene is the one that gets in my head, and immediately it cuts to the scene to the clip from College Humor of Batman doing it, <laughs> where the clean slate. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, just watch. Batman on college humor. I listened to the I listened oh to the armchair expert with with him uh-huh. like last week or the week before or whatever. Again, very much not the episode I expected. I thought no. it was going to be like really funny because like he's a really funny dude, uh-huh. and it ended up just a lot of it was being like was was way like like darker than yeah. I expected. Not the <laughs> Jake Johnson one was, but still like yeah, this was... achieved probably a better balance. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, not the episode I was expecting it to be. I, I would love to see Pete Holmes do a stand-up somewhere. He's a funny dude, and I feel sad that I killed Crashing. Yeah, you monster. <laughs> uh, but, but Ben Mendelsohn, uh, he's... he's I, he, first off, I didn't know that he was playing the, the Skrull. You didn't? No. I didn't know it was him. Did you know he was in the movie or not? I knew he was in the movie because I saw that I see him in the trailer. In oh, as as him? himself. Oh, I actually don't even remember that in in, in the trailer. Which is um, why I didn't bring you... up him being a great actor before the spoilers because I didn't know if anybody saw it the same way that I did. Where like I didn't realize it was him when he was the scroll. Well, I remember when they cast him, they said he was going to be Talos, the main scroll villain. And yeah. I said, oh, okay. So from the very beginning, and also I know his like Australian accent, mm. so like. 
when he was doing when he's first on screen when they captured her, I was like, oh, there he is. Because like not like you'd recognize him. He's got like right. a prosthetic on his face. Like uh, he's playing an alien. Uh, he was, he was <laughs> so to the point really where when funny. he finally played himself, I was like, ah, that's funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that 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 I think that's why I was I just assumed I didn't realize like what was going on that it was actually him. Um, but he was he was his character was funny, man. Yeah. Well, specifically and more human when when he shows up at the house sipping on. Oh my god. <laughs> Like a milkshake. A milkshake? Slurping yes. a milkshake? And, and then I, freaking out when the cat walks by? Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, Amazing. But specifically, he just, like, walks in sipping a milkshake, which is, like, hardcore, like, villain power move. Yep. And it's also the time, like, 90 seconds before we find out, oh, fuck, he's not even a villain. Yeah. Which, genuinely excellent twist. Yes, I really appreciated I that. I there was going to be more than meets the eye to the story, because... We've seen Guardians 1. We know the Kree are not actually noble warrior heroes. Mm-hmm. We know that largely the Kree tend to be pieces of shit. They seem to have straightened themselves out by Guardians. And we realize that Ronan is actually a splinter terrorist himself. He's not representative of the majority of the race. Right. But we know that they have the propensity. And we know the fact that Horath is part of that strike team there's probably going to be more to the MCI with that whole storyline. But I assumed it was going to be one of those situations where she finds out she's between two warring factions of equally wrong people. And right. she'd probably defeat both of them and teach them all a lesson along the way type of thing. Yeah. Um, for this to them to completely upend the convention and have the scrolls actually be the good guys. That was great. Didn't see coming. I understood that sort of thing was a possibility, but it didn't really cross my mind that that would be the case for this. You know why I didn't see it coming is is because it did the uh, it did the into the Spider Verse thing. Step two, learn about my own personal bias. I, <laughs> you see creepy like you see alien that is made to look kind of scary and intimidating. You're like, oh, that's the bad guy. Well, it's not just that though. Um, it's weirdly, I actually do know something of the scrolls, and I know. For a long time, people have been wondering whether it's going to kick off a potential for the next phase, a secret invasion storyline, because the scrolls typically are the bad guys. Like mm-hmm. historically in the comics, the scrolls are bad guys. Some version of bad guys, their their plots don't always end up being a huge deal, I, to my knowledge. But like they've impersonated superheroes and done nefarious things. They've infiltrated like governments the way that like Hydra has, like stuff, yeah, okay. stuff like that. They're always the bad guy. Yeah, because they're shapeshifters and they can infiltrate and do whatever they're going to do nefariously because no one knows the difference, right? Mm. Um, so just that bit of background that I knew about them, I just assumed there was no chance that they'd be the good guys. I just assumed that we would find out somewhere along the way that them and the Kree are both equally bad. Right. Not that the good guys are the bad guys and the bad guys are the good guys. Yeah, it's it is interesting. I, I, I appreciated that twist. I also, I appreciated like, just the fact, the, the shape-shifting twist and that, like, you know, in, in certain situations, like, you only get to pull a gag once, but they could pull it as many times as they want because it's a very, like, it's a very confusing thing. Like, like the whole trust factor and, like, can we trust, the, like, this person that I'm talking to? I don't know. And, like, it puts you on the edge of your seat for the, for the whole movie because you don't know who's good and who's bad. And, well, not uh, just that, but once they've reached a certain point of showing you that this was a thing that was going to happen a couple of times throughout the movie... They upped their game, and we're not just going to do it for deception's sake. We're going to find new and effective ways 
resonating ways to do it. Um, and again, this goes to the flipping the convention on its head where it gets to the point where he's pretending to be her, yep. but not for a bad reason. Right. Right. It's so it's so good. I, I I really liked that. I this is a really funny thing. I until looking it up right now, I couldn't tell you what Jude Law's name was. Jan Rog? Yeah, I would not have been able to pull that out of that. Um well the thing is, him and Min Irva were the only two whose names they actually said more than once. Hmm. Uh so I did know his name because they kept saying it. Um but I can understand why maybe you wouldn't like be like, oh, I kind of know it's a thing, but I don't remember what it is. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> John Rodden, you're like, bless you. <laughs> but no, but the thing is, I in the lead up to it, I saw the name referred to enough times that I knew that was the name even going into the movie. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. Let me, let me loop back here. So a couple of things, early, like super early on, a very early spoiler, we mentioned it already, uh, is the... The Marvel opening for this movie was fan freaking tastic. Replacing the flip screens with all Stanley cameos and appearances. Yes. That was so incredibly executed, so tastefully done. Like I, 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 I was like, I was, I felt emotional watching that happen. It was really, it was really wonderful to see. And then his. And then his cameo, uh, you know, near and dear to my heart. <laughs> like I, well, I know Kevin Smith said that he cried when he yeah. saw it. Or oh my god! Whatever. I just watched a video today of him recounting the story of Kevin Feige calling him for the permission to do it, so he knew what was going to happen and how it was going to go down because they had to get like the rights and licensing and all that shit. And uh, and also they needed some B roll for the vocals because um, Stanley actually wasn't doing great when they shot mm. that. Um, so they, this they still isn't movie. the last thing he's in, right? I don't think so. He still has at least Endgame, if not Homecoming or Far yeah. From Home. I think. You know what? I think I, Far From Home might be the last one. I, I think it would be okay. I would be. I mean, I don't know how other people would feel about it. I don't know how his family would feel about it. They should digitally put him in everything. They should keep it going. Keep the legacy alive. The only problem I have with that is, it, after a certain point, it becomes Where's Waldo with a dead man. <laughs> isn't it already like it is like you're already looking for him well no because he shot it when he was alive i know well i i i, I would appreciate it if it was i would not i would not be one of those people that's offended by it uh but it I was just it would be better if you like found a way maybe like if he was always in a picture frame at some scene at some point yeah that's fine like but... if they used a still photo of him in a picture frame or, like, his name was written somewhere. Like, if they found, like, invented ways, like, you're, like, you know, in a college and it was, like, Stan Lee Hall or yeah, something like that. You know what I mean? I'm like, fine with that. Give it, just Keep finding a way to yeah, include keep, him, but I don't necessarily want them to keep putting okay. digitalized versions of that, him. That's it. fine. But I think you can get away with it maybe a few times or here and there. I could see judicious application once or twice if there was a really good way to do it. Uh-huh. I wouldn't want them to find ways to shoehorn that. If they're going to shoehorn it... I'd rather it be a little bit more tasteful in yeah. like like I said, putting like if he was like, you know, every time there's a scene inside of a house and like you've got like family pictures on the wall, like he's always the grandpa picture. <laughs> That'd be you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like oh or like Peter's in school and like you see him like walking out of like Lee Hall or something like you know what I mean? Like yep. No, that's 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 fair. So but when we do see him, he's reciting his lines 
from Mallrats, and he has. Well, yeah. Script. What was the line? Because the thing is, that was the one time I was slightly distracted, even though I knew the scene with the grandma was coming up, uh-huh. um, and I knew it was him, and I realized it was him. But the pro- it, like my, took my a second for my brain to fully process and catch because I got like a blast from like a group message, like uh-huh. my phone just started buzzing like crazy, so it drew my attention from the screen for a second enough that I heard him talking. And I realized he was reading lines, but I didn't ever actually process what he said. What yeah. was he saying? Trust me, true believer. Okay. <laughs> That's what he... Was he say that? Is, he, is that what he says when he pats his arm and walks off? Uh, I don't remember exactly when, is it, if it's earlier in the conversation or at the end of it. But, yeah, it's when he's talking to uh, Brody. Ah, man. I, it just makes me want to rewatch Mallrats. I love that movie so much. It's I, when I heard that... Because I didn't hear what it was. I just heard Kevin Smith cry when he saw or heard about that yeah. that Mallrats Easter egg. I was wondering if they were going to do a bit of digital like trickery there. And I was wondering if, considering we saw the whole blockbuster thing, if we were going to see a chase scene like go through the like, mall and oh like it's, you see him having the conversation. That would have been amazing. And that That's would have been a cool way to to put him in after like after the fact. <laughs> yes, I was wondering if that was what it was. This was cool too, but that would have been like perfect. That or like I didn't know what the reference was going to be. I was like maybe Jay and Silent Bob will be like in the background somewhere. No, I assume. <laughs> well, the thing is, I was wondering about that too until I was like, "Duh, Stanley was in that fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to be something involving his scene in the movie." There is a another funny thing, and I don't know if it's related at all. Or if it's just like a weird spot, but the dead scroll on the table, and Samuel Jackson lifts up the the tarp and looks under, like looks looks at his dick. Yeah, right to see. And there's I don't know if you remember the scene in Mallrats, but he's he's obsessed with superhero penises. Yeah, <laughs> and if, if that's all tied together, questions keep coming. Yeah, yeah, a bunch of his questions to him was about it, and he says Stan Lee says something about it. To, uh, I don't remember the other guy's yeah. name, even though I've seen the whole... Does he say something to him yes. when he's talking to him? Like, like, I think you, you might want to be, you know, might be concerned with your friend's obsession with superhero genitalia or something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> Oh my god, it's so funny. I, man, it just, it just made me really happy. Also, it, they did it just the right amount of times. So when she's fighting the old lady in the train, same scene, fighting the old, punching the old lady in the face. The amount of background shots of people's reactions are fantastic. Yes. And especially when she finally gets off the train and there's two people that are just like, like their jaws dropped and the one person like leans over and watches. There's a few good things in that, right? Because the thing happens, she punches her and everyone's like, oh, yeah. I mean, they do that like very theatrical, like, you know, gasp watching the thing. And then they start fighting and the grandma starts doing acrobatics and fighting yep. back, right? And she, like, they get tied up. And a bunch of people grab her and pull her off the old lady. And then she breaks free. She's chasing whatever. They're fighting. More acrobatics. I'm like, after a certain point, you guys are all in the same car. You're watching the grandma, grandma do these acrobatics. You have to realize something's up, guys. Like, right. I understand you're <laughs> an alien. But, like, you got to realize something more than meets the eye is going on here. Maybe let them settle their issues and yeah. then let's figure it out. Because then they grab her again. And I'm like, yeah. can I stop? Like, you're frustrating me now. I do like, though, that she just kind of, like, breaks for your Shrugs them off effortlessly. And yeah. 
it was great. Also, when the scroll is leaving the train and transforms into that one guy who sees him doing it and he like <laughs> just the look of horror on his face as he sees himself <laughs> jump off the train. Brilliant. Yes. <laughs> and then he just he doesn't know anything about trains. He just touches that rail and electrocutes oh, himself. Fantastic. Beautiful. <laughs> so great. Oh man, it's this. See, that's the sort of like incidental comedy stuff that's like the good, like a good indication of like good writing, where it's not like a big setup thing where it's like here's a set piece, there's a joke coming, yeah, boom, joke. It happens so quickly that you barely really get much time to process it right yep. before they're on to like the next thing. That's good writing. Mm-hmm. I, it's well done, well done. Applause for that. I, uh, I want to pause here before yeah. we get into another thing and ask you, if you were going to describe overarchingly, not like the synopsis, if you were going to give a description of what type of movie this was, what would you say this type of movie is? Because we've done this in our discussion of combating, you know, superhero movie fatigue, right? And we we talked about what, like, Captain America Winter Soldier isn't a superhero movie. It's a 70s style, like, you know, spy thriller with superheroes, like stuff like, you know, we've done that sort of stuff, like... Um, Ant-Man isn't a superhero movie. It's a heist movie with superheroes, like stuff like that. How would you describe this movie? Ooh. Hmm. What genre of movie is this that involves superheroes? That's a good question. Let me think about this. Because I have an answer. I don't uh, know what the answer is. Like Buddy Cop? Okay. I, I would, like this, the, the relationship between her and Fury and how they go from like, you know, di- the distance and how that distance closes over time. And then they be like by the end of the movie they are buddies. Like yes. I, I think that's yeah I would go buddy cop. Okay, um, I'm glad you said that because in my estimation and obviously we're you know kind of talking opinion here, um, that is a correct answer, but it's not the correct. Answer. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I'm gonna write I'm gonna tell you what I wrote down when I was thinking about this exact thing. This movie is part sci-fi epic, part different worlds buddy cop comedy, part amnesiac identity mystery. Part period piece. Yeah, okay. It's yeah. all of those things yeah. and none of those things because the movie, like, kind of act by act distinctly changes between the first three things I said and the fourth thing is kind of an overarching thing for two-thirds of the movie. I'm glad you said that, though, because I actually have a note here that I thought was interesting is that the movies have generally been split on, like, where they, like, what kind of Marvel movie it is and this is a mashup of cosmic and not cosmic and it's it doesn't it has like a little bit of identity crisis there i feel like yes that's largely been the case right whereas like thor's like a 50 50 split cosmic and planetary like you know what i mean like until um, the last one and uh, until ragnarok which is purely cosmic and then guardians are cosmic and then the rest of them aren't i'm not counting the avengers because they transcend yeah these other things um and the other ones all largely picked a genre and yeah. largely stuck to it, right? This one didn't. And I won't say it's a bad thing because yeah. I understand how and why. Because to give us this in this galactic tug of war that we discussed, right? Over Earth. Well, not over Earth, but around Earth, where Earth is the rope, even though you know, tug of war, you're not fighting for the rope, you're fighting for um real estate, right? Mm. Um, and in the same way, we're not fighting over Earth, but Earth is the conduit over through which we're doing our 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 struggle, right? Right. Um, it was kind of necessary to fuse those things. So, at its worst, moments because it's just moments. The movie can feel just a little bit schizophrenic. 
Mm-hmm. But really, like largely, the seams don't show too often in this movie. No, it's the type it, of thing where it could have imploded because of all these different things competing with each other. But for something that did have so many different styles within the structure of the movie, they did a really admirable job of navigating that. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you. How did you? How did you feel about? being back in like origin story mode i liked it and yeah here's why um the the, (laughs) this is an origin story that doesn't that doesn't actually isn't actually executed as an origin story it is an origin story for us. Oh my god, Fifth Element. Sorry, that's I. I just it dawned on me what the movie was <laughs> that this movie. It's, <laughs> there actually it's, is. I could. It's fifth, there element. Is some fifth Element. Fifth Element. <laughs> Go on. I, I love that movie. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry, I don't know where that came from. So the thing is, this movie is an origin story to us because we don't know who Captain Marvel is. Mm-hmm. It's an origin story to her. Because she doesn't know who she is. Right. But the way it's actually delivered to us isn't an origin story. And that's yeah. why they can get away with it. Because I saw a lot of... Some of the reviews I read I before I saw the movie were purely non-spoiler reviews. We're complaining about, oh, how are we getting another re- origin story at this stage? Well, first of all, if you're going to keep introducing new characters, you're going to have to get some sort <laughs> of origin. you got to know who they are. Hey, even if it's not the whole movie, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, either they have to be introduced at some point... But even like Black Panther, who was introduced, his movie is an origin story. It's one done very well. It's oh, one yeah. that largely transcends the trappings of the origin story, but still is distinctly an origin story. Mm-hmm. This movie really doesn't have any of the trappings of an origin story. She is established from the first scene of the movie. She is a superpowered person. Mm-hmm. She's discovering who she is, but she already exists. She has a place in the world already. Yeah, they like mementoed it. That- yes. <laughs> So there was, and that's how they get around doing yeah. it as an art story. They give you some of it as the memento treatment, um, where you have to pick the pieces of past, present, and future apart and figure out what order they belong in. Um, so it's tricking you out of thinking it's an origin story because the way that they ultimately cut it up and delivered it isn't one. Um, and that's how you get away with doing it at this stage in the game. And that from that perspective, it's masterfully done. Yeah. Because she exists already. She's it's her origin to us as a viewer in the sense of we don't know who the character is. It's her origin of trying to figure out literally where she originates. Mm-hmm. Um and within like the context of it all she has to figure out where she fits in, but she already has a place in this world. Yeah. Um and an established story that we find out is a lie. You know what I mean? She's an I loved all the twists and turns of it's it. It's an origin to her as and as an earth-based hero but everything else about it does not have the trappings of an origin she's not earning her power and then experimenting with her power and then feeding her exact copy of a villain um and then you know learning a little lesson along the way right yeah largely transcend those things except for at the end giving us a flashback of how she got her powers Hmm. and we only get that not to fill in the check the box of this is how she earned her powers. It's to deliver a crucial plot twist in the movie. Oh, so, right, so good. It's it's well done. It's man, I okay. Let's talk about for one second though. 
this the fact that all of this plot twisting happens is because uh you know they were the the Cree were hoodwinking her this whole time uh if you're gonna go this far right if you're gonna manipulate her into thinking she's one thing and not you gotta you gotta know that calling her verse because it's the other half of the dog like ears ears whatever <laughs> it's because the other half of her dog tag that I mean don't don't that just seems like a mistake <laughs> well, it wasn't. <laughs> it was mean? because that's the only information he had about her. He only I, had half the dog tag. I know, but they used that as her name. Like they should have discarded that and given her a name. Well, I imagine it's because they don't have dog tags. And was it Halla, Halla, yeah. whatever the the planet was? They don't have an animal. Like he didn't really know what it is, other than that it was an identifying mark. I don't think he really like, knew the specifics of what a dog tag was, you know what I mean? But, like, he should have been like, what's your name? Well, that's the whole point. She's an amnesiac. She doesn't know who she is. Exactly. So I'm saying, you're using this name that is, that somewhere in her subconscious will link her back to her actual self. You're setting yourself up for failure. Yeah, but I don't think that ever was really... Uh, I don't think that, like, that didn't end up being the important thing. What ended up being the important thing was when she saw a picture of herself... On an airfield in Earth, yeah. you know what I mean? No, that's that's fine, but she was going to get there eventually is what I'm saying. because they used. I guess it. so, but the thing is, I, I, based on what the, the trajectory of where everything sent her, it ended up being, I get what you're saying, and you're not wrong. <laughs> it just ultimately was irrelevant, you know oh, what yeah, I mean? For sure, 100%. In the grand scheme of things, it was. Uh, let's talk about two silly things that bothered me. Uh, one, didn't really bother me too much, just a funny note. Uh, when they when the car, when, when Nick... Sh- when Fury, everybody calls him Fury. When Fury Nicholas. just drives into the bus to kill the 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 scroll that's with him, and gets out and sa- that's not the part that bothers me. When he gets out and he holds his badge open, he says "official." That that part bothered me a little bit. Official bothered me. I don't think I've ever heard anybody actually say that. Shield business. That's when I went, huh? Because it, it's a dumb thing. It doesn't matter at all. It's, it's a weird. Well, yeah, it's just that they don't know the name of Shield in Iron Man. <laughs> well, which I would argue that it doesn't matter whether anyone knows. If you say it's official, whatever business, ninety percent of people are going to be like, "All right," you know what I mean. And then there'll be like ten percent who silently say, "The fuck is Shield?" No, no, I mean Coulson doesn't. They don't have a name. They don't call it Shield until the end of Iron Man. They call it like the Strategic Homeland Initiative, whatever. <laughs> And at well, the very he, end of it, he goes, just call us S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> well, he says that at the end, but that wasn't because... I think it was just because he didn't think anyone was going to know who it was. That's why No, he, like, she, she said, uh, she's like, wow, that's a mouthful. He's like, yeah, we're working on the name. Yeah. Well, it is a bit of a retcon, because you're right. No one prior to again, that would have called... Again, it, it doesn't matter at all. It really doesn't. I just no. thought it was just a, a funny thing to notice. And the other, the other thing that was, that was actually bothering me, which... This this one is a hole unless you just accept it for maybe it being this is that they're looking for her light this light speed engine but they used some sort of light speed mechanic to get there and I just assume that it's just way more powerful because it's using the space stone. Wait, what? They they ha- oh, they they need uh, the no. Doctors. What's the very last part you said? I, I know. I, I assume the light speed engine that she was making is just way more powerful because it's using the space stone. No. Um, if you remember, 
the jump thing that they did was first revealed in Guardians 2. The the only way that they can do these faster than light like travel is when they find a gate or something. Yes, there has to it's so they're specifically placed. You can only travel mm. to specific places from it. Okay, this and this thing is just like any any which way you just go. Yes. And that's but it has that it would be able to do that because of the space stone. Yes. Okay. All right. But the thing I yeah, get behind but it. The, cool. the, there is an important distinction of you're no longer tied to having to travel specific paths. You could travel yeah, any path. That's not if this is your only movie that you're watching though, that's not clear to the viewer. Yeah, I can see how you would say that, yes. It's a little that's that's I just find that to be like if they want to just spend a little bit of extra time explaining what's so special about this one. Well the thing <clears> is they kind of compromised and did and half assed it. When where, they said we we'll get there in twenty something hours or something like that. Well, two things. One that and two, um at the end when the accusers are fleeing from her, mm-hmm. he says, Get us back to the window or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. That's the only other real like allusion to it and that's again is even if they're not fully describing that should be enough for you to understand like okay there's a specific mechanism and a specific vehicle way we have to travel this way you know what i mean yeah no for sure that makes sense. yeah it's it, yeah for us it's fine for those that are paying attention to all the stuff it's fine i could i could see that being if some if this is the only movie you're seeing being like i don't yeah that never really crossed my mind because i remember them explaining it in guardians 2 even though i actually only saw most of that movie one time mm-hmm. i've seen the end actually like two more times like mm-hmm. the last 20 30 minutes of the movie um but i only saw the whole movie once but i re- it stuck with me because of how entertaining it was when they ultimately flip it on its head when they're bouncing between all the things <laughs> I remember the whole, like, the more or less the mechanics sticking with me in my mind. So this was already a bit of learned knowledge coming into the movie that I never questioned or second-guessed it. I already got the distinction. Yeah. Because he says, you know, <laughs> how many gate jumps is this? And he goes, like, 20. He goes, you're not supposed to do more than four or something yeah. like that. Uh, <laughs> There's a bouncing around his eyes are popping out of his yeah. <laughs> That's so good. Uh, one of the, Jude Law's character, what's his name again? Young Rock. Young Rock. The the whole what did you just say? Young Rock. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the whole manipulative like controlling mentor figure like that that it's actually if you look deeper it just it is really dark creepy and it's 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 like a there's a real story buried in there. Well, yeah, because when you first presented with him, it's like okay, like this guy's kind of a dick. Yeah. But he does seem to genuinely like her like he wants it's like the tough love mentorship where it's Uh like i'm gonna kick your ass up and down the thing but like he seems to like have like an actual like affection for her right where he comes she comes and wakes him up like he's talking her through it and he is genuinely teaching her yeah he doesn't expect the facade will ever break or at least not anytime soon when like she can still be useful to him right um and then what the whole relationship is built on lies yeah when you realize just how much it's a lie and how little he cares it's like oh man you're putting on a good performance (laughs) yeah i just like the, the fact that he's so manipulative to the fact to the point where at the end of the movie when he's like telling her like now you know you, if you can defeat me hand to hand, like he's still he's still trying to get in her head. Me like that was funny. That and, and and then when she oh my god when she Indiana Jones him into that rock, 
I was thrilled. Uh, using Indiana Jones as a verb in that specific context is incredible. You're welcome. Like, because I'm pretty sure people have used Indiana Jones as a verb before, just not for that definition. Yeah. Like, usually it's like a, like, swinging with the whip or something like sure. that, or using a whip as a weapon, not the Or, like, picking marketplace something up and replacing gunshot. it with something of the same weight. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but not no not not a food poisoning shot to the belly. Uh, no, that was amazing though. Uh, with the animation of him getting hit by that blast and then flipping through the air into the rock like really fast, it made me laugh out loud. Like it was like uncontrollable burst of laughter. That brings me to I actually have a list here of fun lines. Would you like to go through them? <laughs> sure, because that's the one thing that I lose a lot of times. Like people sometimes, a lot of times come into movies and like start throwing around quotes. It's like yep. no, I gotta see it like at least one more time. Just like for like I'll enjoy it and be like I'll remember. Oh, there was a good line. Mm-hmm. Cannot remember any of the words in it. Yeah, I don't know why. So I just can't do. It. The first one I have here is not a line so much as it is a sound, and that is when um, when Carol's captured. When Veers is captured, and she's on, and she's on the scroll ship upside down, and she breaks out, and she starts fighting her way through. One of the scrolls does like this scream, and then she just yells at it. <laughs> she just goes <laughs> ah and fights yeah. it. I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> that made me really happy. So that was that was one. Uh, the next one is a classic. Is what I should have called you at the beginning of the show, and it's when Fury gets his eyes scratched out and he yells, "Motherfucker!" <laughs> <laughs> Loved that, uh, and that brings me to in the uh, he when he has the after the Flurkin eats the tesseract. Yes, he says, "I'm trusting you not to eat me." Yep, and I was like, "Oh my god, it's get it is going to take his eye out." Yes, because of, this, Although, of the line that from Winter Soldier. Confusing. Why is that? Well, I think everyone, especially once they showed the prominence of him playing with the cat, was like, okay, he's going to lose it because of the cat. Um, but, like, he gets hit in the eye earlier in the movie yeah. and ends up being fine. Yep. And then the thing scratches him and they're like, oh, my God, are you okay? He's like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. Like, it just it stings a little. Yeah. But, no, it fucked up your eye and your blind yeah he's like, just like fighting it i don't know i don't know why like i think he's just like, trying yeah, to get I mean, like it would have like if it was the whole thing after all that like he just like scratches like oh shit and like then the next scene he's in an eye patch then it's funny and it like fits and it works and like you don't have to say anything like again show don't tell like mm-hmm. like that's how you you do it it was it just ended up being a little confusing at the end because you're like no i'm fine it's like well no eventually we find out you're blind in that eye like i right like what are we doing here I just I, I just love that it syncs up with his line from uh, Winter Soldier. Last time I trusted somebody, I lost an eye. Yeah. And, no, and and, from that perspective. And no, then putting right. that line in there was wonderful. Uh, can we talk about the Flurkin? We can. Uh, <laughs> how it was my old cat, Mikey? Yes, he was very reminiscent of that cat. Yeah. That was also one of the best post credit scenes I've seen it in a long time. Oh, terrible. <laughs> Uh, when when he jumps up on the desk, I was like, "Yeah, he's gonna hairball the, the test racked out." Yep, there it is, there it is. Well, actually, the only thing I was torn between was was it gonna be the test racked or was it gonna be that random henchman? Here? Oh my god, if it was one of the people, that would have been even better. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> yes, like that was the only question in my mind. Alien just gets thrown out. up on the desk. <laughs> but like, it's gonna at that point, it's gonna have to be like a corpse. Yeah, 
Like a digested... Uh, it actually would have been great if it was a skeleton, but very obviously, like... Not human. Like, yeah. yeah. Although, I guess the Kree basically were human. Yeah. I've always been a little confused by that, like, in those movies, where... That it, like other aliens aren't just like humanoid, like they're like just they're just human. Like mm. if all the Kree were blue, I'm good with it. But like half of them aren't. Some of them have English accents. Yeah, I'm I'm good with accents. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> I, I'm cool with that part of it. Um, I just don't like that. Like like in like on Xandar, like they're they're like they're not human, but they're human. But like if they're like like John C. Riley's like pink wife, mm-hmm. then like I'm fine with it. If they're like Ronin like Cree blue, like I'm good with it. Well, like what, you can make I, them I mean, humanoid. It's the difference between like a really 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 like stark white, like a really pale person and a really black person. Yeah, something like that. Like something to make them other than human. Like if they're like Cree blue, if they're Gamora green, like I'm like I'm good with no, that. I'm saying though the blue and the white works in the same way that. Like a white and a black would work, no? No. What if what hang on, I got this. I think I have a solution for this. What if when you tan on their home planet and you're fair skinned, you get like a, a, a tinge of blue? If the, the issue <laughs> I have is if, if they're not gonna be like evolutionary process even within our own planet is so dramatic that like we can call two different like spiders or two different birds, and they're both still spiders or birds, even if they look so different or so different in size, stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like a human in, they've always been a little bit odd on describing whether or not those other places in the cosmic aspects of it are other parts of the galaxy or even other galaxies entirely. Oh yeah. Um, they shouldn't be human. You know what mm. I mean? Like they need to be something distinctly other if they're not going to be physiologically completely different. So I'm okay with that because it means like you know, honestly, there's like, there's constrictions of like budget, right? Where it's like, okay, we don't we can't realistically put 50 people in these ridiculous prosthetics like we would do scrolls or whatever, right? Yeah. Like a scroll is very humanoid but distinctly phys- physiologically different. Yeah. If you're gonna give me the Kree that that functionally are human in appearance, just make them a different color. You know yeah, what I mean? Okay, that's that's fair. I de- I guess it it is a little strange. Is he the only one that wasn't blue? No, uh, the one whose name I never actually heard and I only saw because I looked it up a little while ago, although immediately forgot it again, who's, who looked like a knockoff of Tormund from Game of Thrones uh, and is also actually from Norway as well. Um, that guy was normal human. Um, no, he was Hora- blue. No. There was another another guy who was. Min yeah. Irma was a different color. She was blue, I think. Uh, the sniper. Um uh, but then Horath, the one who ends up being Ronan's like top henchman, was just a normal black guy, Steven Hanshu. Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, that, is, that is weird. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, there's not a lot of consistency there. It's it's, it's strange. And I, I mean, I didn't. It doesn't really bother me too much. Um, but it does it's make just, it difficult when you mix and match the different planets and races together. Then it's hard to figure out like where each person is from. I can see that. That's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just give me so, like they can be. Otherwise, completely human. Just make them a completely different color. Make them all like the same. Oh, like like they don't have to be the same shade of blue. They can be different shades of blue, like the way that humans are different shades of white, black, whatever. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and I, I understand. Like make Cree blue, make Xandarians pink. Like do, like do whatever. It would be easier to track. 
yeah, yeah. this way like we know like that's what we're dealing with like okay like they, they functionally are basically human but like they are distinctly not from earth and that that makes them stand out too like star lord we know is a human from earth but it's only because they tell us that right. because he's on xandar and everyone there looks like him right and they're not humans from earth okay. i don't know I wonder if there's. If, I wonder if there's like some pattern or something. I mean, there, there may be. They might have their reasons, um, not really shared with us. But there's, there's two other lines I have here. Uh, okay. my, my first, the first might actually be my favorite one, which is it's dumb and it's meant to be. It's meant to be like your favorite line of the movie type thing. But when she says, "Tell me something about you that nobody knows," and he goes, um, "When toast is cut diagonally, I can't eat it." <laughs> like, and that i i found that to be genuinely funny because that almost to me the way that that played and it was probably written but it played in my head as if like they went through a cycle of just just say something ridiculous i'm guessing it was probably improv it honestly might, it might have been and if so amazing because like that that was really funny and then when she said he's like you didn't need to know that did you and she just shakes her head and when he says prove to me you're not a scroll and she just she blasts the blasts the Jew, and just like with the the conviction with which she says scroll can't do that yeah it's like i i don't know that <laughs> what was that he goes he goes what was that photon blast <laughs> like what a great response so, so ridiculous <laughs> uh, okay i have one final note and then i'll hand it over to you if you have any other any others but one thing that really okay the end of the movie what was so epic is when he's writing the protector initiative and he looks at the picture, and he sees that it says Carol Avenger Danvers. That was cool. What was that was cool, but what was really cool was kicking the music in. Yeah, the musical cue for the Avengers theme as he reads it, and then uh, then they don't. Uh, oh my god, so good! And then not showing you him actually changing the words just because it's like, you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> That was amazing to me, but what bothered me so much was there were these two chodes sitting next to me, and one <laughs> of them. I've not heard that word in a while. <laughs> one of them goes, "Oh come on!" I'm like, "Look, this is li- like this this exact scene. This is why you're here. So if if this is not what you're about, get out. <laughs> Forget about that. At 21 movies in this series, the whole point of this series at this point is that moment." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the whole thing is built around moments where, like, where you do kind of want to eye roll, but even more than that, you're like, I see what you're doing. Yeah. There. All right. It just, it just, like, that bothered me so much. I, I, like, like these two idiots, like, just ugh, these jabronis. Like, I just, they were bothering me so much because there was that, and then earlier on was when she crashed through the roof of the blockbuster, and they found it to be hysterical. I'm like, you've seen the trailer. Like six times. Like I know you saw it. I don't know who you are, but I know, like I know you saw it. <laughs> like if you're sitting in this theater, there's no way you didn't see that. Already. Right. And it's just like so. It's not like why are you heartily laughing just so that people think that you find it funny? Like I don't really get it. Like it was just it was too much. Yeah. And then and that oh come on, it's just like screw you. And then <laughs> when at the when the final scene with the cat uh, hair bowling up the tesseract. He, one of them goes, really? I'm like, leave! Nobody's making you stay through the credits! Uh, no, I actually slightly agree with that one. In the sense that 
I don't mind them giving me that one. I just wish they had given me two, like, useful ones. And if they put that in between the two. Now, I'm, I'm, I like, if you watch, if you notice the pattern lately, the post credit scene that matters usually happens mid-credits. Yes. And the one, if there's one afterwards, it's just for fun. But I also, like, uh, to a certain extent, like, I've also been spoiled by, like, Guardians 2 that had, like, five. Patience. That was the best one. <laughs> that was in Spider-Man. And it was also the biggest fuck you. Yes. But because of, it was such a fuck you, it was funny. Uh, but the problem is, like, this one is kind of in the mold of that and doesn't do quite as good of a job as giving you the middle finger. I didn't think... It, I actually... It was it was relevant. It shows you how the Tesseract comes back. I guess, but I mean... I feel like you can kind of read between the lines and know that they got it out eventually. <laughs> yeah, but at least now you don't, you're not left to wondering how. I uh, guess so. Uh, Although, if he digests the Tesseract, does he just, like, disappear and go somewhere else? <laughs> like, what's going to happen to that cat? I don't know. Maybe he absorbs it the way that she absorbed the whole Oh, my fucking... God. Photon cat? Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> you just see him burp and it just blasts yeah. through energy. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, man. I want that movie. Ah. <laughs> uh, the, the only other real thing I had here was... Um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about the action part of this because I know that's something that you've been paying more attention to Mm -hmm. in the sense of whether or not it checks the box of keeping you interested. Um, Um, Yeah. And um, I, what did you think of it? Uh, I, a lot of the fighting, I don't know. I, I wasn't, I wasn't bothered by it as much as I have been as of late. But while I was watching it, I was just like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm just waiting for the story to progress. Uh, the fact that they peppered in some comedy with it and some, like, story mechanics I, helped. The Fonzie yes. lunchbox helped. That's definitely true. Um, the other thing for, that for me that I'm – and I think it's something I've touched on a few times and maybe you have as well. Um, show me something new. Yeah. Um, which they did do a couple times. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I will say largely the action was fairly generic. But none of it was offensive, and the generic stuff either was part of like chase thing or whatever, where like that that's progressing, so it's okay with whatever was in it. But some of it was generic, but they like it didn't it never overstate its welcome. Like you didn't get like long sequences of yeah. generic action, um, so you can get away with it that way. But there was a couple of scenes in particular that showed me something that had it visually stand out from other things in the Marvel movies, like flying through a ship. That was part of it. Um, but no, really specifically, the first uh, scene with the strike team on that planet when they're going to meet with the contact, mm-hmm. when they show the unit fighting together, and they're like, because they're such a tightly wound unit where like they've worked together for so long, they actually f- like fight with such a synergistic style where they're actually playing off each other. Yeah. Kind of the way that the Avengers did in the first Avengers. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. Yeah. Because it was a different set of a bunch of different stylistically different brawlers who were meeting together for the first time and experimenting. Mm-hmm. This was like choreography of these people know each other like the back of their hand. That was executed in a really cool way that like I liked. Yeah, it was like a fighting game where each character has to be unique and and the, and, and the but the people playing knew how to play those characters. Yes, yes. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, that was pretty cool. 
that I like because I think that that's a really cool. It was also a quick fight scene. It wasn't too long. It was a quick fight scene, and it was frenetic action. Yeah. But there was like there was like a balletic component yeah. to it, which is really cool. Like if Solid you're gonna do that, that's how you sell me. Is I've never seen that sequence before. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, and then some of the stuff at the end where she's figuring out how to really unleash her powers against the like the group of them. Some of that was really cool too. Yeah, because we get to get a like a a larger sense of the suite of powers that she has and the different ways that, cause it's really, I guess, technically one power that she finds multiple different ways to display. Right. That I thought was cool. Um, that you see typically the, through the quote unquote origin thing, but it's like, it wasn't done in a, Hey, we're learning together type of way. Yeah, right. Right. It's the way that you actually, you know what it reminded me of is when you play a video game and you get to the end game content where you, have a really good mastery of your own powers and it becomes second nature that you can use them in these different ways and mow through enemies that used to give you a harder time earlier mm. in the game. Um, from that perspective, I thought that was kind of a cool way to show that. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair. I, I agree with that. It was, yeah, her coming into her own at the end there and like figuring it all out was, was, a lot, um, was a lot of fun, especially once, once she gains the, the full confidence of her powers, that's like, it becomes really fun. <laughs> yeah. Especially when she, saying. when she fires up the, uh, the ship that she put Jude Law in. Yeah. When she, when she shoots it just to make it like to kickstart the engine. Yeah. <laughs> it flies off. That was great. Loved it. Man, that was a, it, that was a fun movie. That was a fun movie to watch both times. Yeah. I had a good time with it. And it really, there was a little, little, little drag in that Act Two Three transition, mm-hmm. but that's really it. It was oh my god! I just remembered one more amazing scene. What? When they have the disc in the computer. Oh yes. What's what's happening? It's loading. <laughs> you know the funny thing was is again they kind of did that Family Guy thing where. They loaded the thing, and it starts loading relatively quickly. I was like, oh, man, this is a perfect opportunity for them to play how long it takes. And then all of a sudden, it just hit that fucking wall, yep. which everyone knows. Anyone who's used a computer in, like, between, like, 1995 and 2005 knows that wall. Like, especially when you get a new computer, yep. and it's still new, and it works pretty well back then. And But then all of a sudden, you get that, like, it's like, oh, remember how it used to take us 45 minutes to download this thing? It takes, like five minutes this is great yeah but then after like the fourth time you've downloaded something it's back to taking like 25 minutes <laughs> and it's like you see it like you fire it up it's like oh it'll take six minutes to download it's like great but then 30 seconds in it now says three days to download <laughs> it's like it's like what happened here <laughs> what is time <laughs> and that was kind of what they did with that thing and i was like oh okay i see yeah, what you did you that, that was good. my emotions a little bit and there and it's good what, what's going on <laughs> and, and when, when, oh that actually that reminds me of two other things. One, while while they used to say that, I, I don't think he's either eating or drinking something, and he just casually says "loading," <laughs> which I thought was great. The other thing is when they're talking about the um, the coordinates, and he goes, right. <laughs> yeah, he, he, they're not coordinates; just like physical. Blah, blah, blah. They, they rattle off exactly what it is, and he just hit the, the just he's so he's just so let down. By his science guy. He's like, come on, man. You're my science guy. And Fury, with a face full of turkey sandwich, goes, we're going to space? <laughs> well, also great that the callback after that is, he goes, oh, could you do this? And he goes, oh, yeah, with just fix a couple of seals, like, and it'll work. So he goes, 
there's my science guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, that good writing. You get that call and response. Like, and then, and then as they're going through space, <laughs> as they're going through the atmosphere, and it's rumbling, and uh, I think, I don't know if it's if it's furious. Like, is this normal? And uh, somebody... and she goes, yeah, perfectly normal. And yeah. and yeah, and Taylor just shakes his head no. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, when they go into uh, into orbit, and the the cat's floating, but like grabs onto his arm and like curls up to get close to him so good oh man there i I'm, I'm excited to own this one uh we mentioned steelbooks a little earlier i'm actually not going to get the steelbook of this one um my steelbook choices are based on two things one largely has, importance to you what's that I said largely it's based on importance to you right it's if it's if, it, if you are like one of my favorites i will get the steelbook the other is art style uh, some of these steel books have incredible box art. Well, I was saying a lot of that comes down to you have to see what the specific. Right. And I, I saw it, and it doesn't do anything for me. So I was just. Oh, like, do they? They uh, already announced. Yeah, it? you can if you go on Best Buy, you can see what it looks like. Oh, that's weird. I figured it wouldn't be until they got closer to it actually being released because it's no. not going to be for no, like what, you can, or more. Months you can already like pre-order that. it. So that's kind of surprising to me. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's it. You have anything else? Uh, nothing important. Uh, this has been a long episode, so... <laughs> wrap, wrap it up, wrap it up. Uh, sweet. That's all for this week's episode of Flicks in a Six. We hope you enjoyed it. Tune in next week for more movie and beer goodness. Until then, I'm Anthony Costanzo. Oh, and I'm Al Bielsa. Thanks for coming out.